What's up, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to HCS Pro Talk, your weekly Halo Esports podcast. My voice just cracked. That was fucking weird. Oh, it wasn't noticeable to me, but... Oh. Your... <laughs> <laughs> I felt like I hit uh, prepubescence all over again. It was crazy. Um, this, we, uh, this episode 273 for the week of February 5th, 2023, the title of this week's episode is the HCS Texas Roadmap. Um, if you didn't see the announcement of the roadmap, you'll understand why very fucking soon. Zig with a eight month resub, you get a woo! Thank you so much. And all that talent and overgrown. Thank you guys for the follows. Greatly appreciated. Um Rabbit, or am I am I correct on that? Or it's rabbi. I'm stupid. Jesus Christ. Rabbit says qualifiers and scheduled dates. Get your qualifiers and scheduled dates here. But not with the HCS because they don't care about people who have to schedule their lives around things and can't change last minute. Well, granted, we're going to talk about all that and more. Uh, my name is Josh, a.k.a. J.K. Fire. This week, I'm joined by the man, the myth, the legend in the third place, right? We yeah, got third, yeah. right? Minnesota rocker hat, Will, a.k.a. I am Mr. Mayhem. Will, how are you doing on this Monday evening? Doing all right, man. Doing all right. How about yourself? Um, I am doing well as well. Uh. I'm having a I'm having a little bit of like weird Wi-Fi issues on my laptop, which is fucky. But like I, regardless, we will power through. Um, I have physical notes here as well because we have a shit ton to talk about this week. Yeah. Um, so Will, let's just jump right into it. Do you want to know what's coming up on this week's episode of the show? What do we got? A whirlwind of emotions. Um, the yeah. Charlotte major qualifiers have been postponed for who knows what fucking reason. The HCS year two roadmap has finally been re released with zero international LAN events. Another organization in the chiefs leaves halo. Our topic of the LVT and Tashi interview recap. We're going to go through the entire fucking thing. And three, four, three looks toward the future. Um, Epic. Thank you very much. Glad you enjoyed it. And for those who haven't type an exclamation point, uh, Mick in chat and go check out the Mick interview that we did. It was awesome. Love that man. Shout out to Austin. A lot of fun. It was, uh, welcome back to everybody tuning into the live show. Let's go through it quickly before we get into a terraform Epic ginger. No, no straight joker zig rabbi Winkler. Um, Anthony, welcome back as well. And then Vamboon stick. Welcome to the live show phase you know they're doing i expect them to do big things but we'll have uh, our preseason predictions next week so stay tuned for that and thank you very much anthony we love you as well ladies and gentlemen let's get into some competitive news and potentially rants to start right off the bat but first Ooh. let's get off to some good news shall we you like good news yes the next forge hub contest has been announced this is by Forge Hub. Welcome to Forge Hub's second contest for Halo Infinite called Treadstone, featuring a $15,000 prize pool. I think it's actually $10,000. Um, there was an issue with the website. I think it's actually $10,000, but that's besides the point. Forgers will be given a total of three months to build a 4v4 arena map without any restriction on the map's original creation date. Authors can provide a total of three submissions to this contest. Remakes are allowed. For more details, please refer to the please refer to the FAQ below in their link in the Google Doc of the show notes, the show exclamation point show notes in chat. Let the games begin. The guest judges include Bravo, Nated, Onset, and Wonderboy, which is fucking awesome. Here are some of the rules. You can only submit three maps to this contest as the primary author. You cannot 
They cannot be submitted to ForgeHub.com prior to February 6, 2023. They cannot be featured on a large YouTube channel prior to February 6, 2023. You cannot submit maps that participated in previous ForgeHub contests. The map cannot be recommended by 343 before February 6th. The map cannot be featured by ForgeHub before February 6th. The map cannot be a work of plagiarism or include sexual or harmful conduct, and you do not publish any alterations to your map file after the submission deadline is reached. Oh, thank you guys for the fucking hype train. Let's get it. Fox Damn. with the five-month streak on the primer. You get a, whoa, Night Fox with the eight-month resub as well, I believe. You also get a, whoa, and Swole Daddy with the bits. Thank you. Okay. Let's get into the fucky, shall we? Here we go. Yeah. Charlotte qualifiers have been postponed. This is by Tashi. He says, heads up. We need a bit more time to prepare for quali to prepare the qualifiers to ensure a great experience. So we're pushing the Charlotte Open week, the Charlotte Online Open back one week to February 11th and 12th for North America, the rest of the world on the 12th. And the main qualifier to February 13th and 14th for North America, the rest of the world on the 14th. We have a balance update planned to release on the 15th, so we want to get qualification out of the way and not be disrupted by the update. And we want to ensure enough time for travel booking. Last, we are increasing the stipend amount per qualified team to account for new dates. That's literally the only good news out of this entire thing. This should also give teams more time to finalize any roster moves. Fuck off with that. And make sure they're registered and ready to go. We never want to make changes after we announce, and I apologize for the frustration and hassle this might cause. I'm glad you apologize, Tashi. Let's get into the bullshit. Uh, Overgrown says, longtime listener, finally catching live show. Keep up the great work. Thank you so much, man, and greatly appreciate it. And thank you for the follow earlier as well. Here's what I have typed out. This means that teams not only had to attempt to get other time off for work to compete, but also if they get far enough, they have to compete four days in a row, the 11th through the 14th, including during the Super Bowl and Valentine's Day. Yeah. <clears throat> we need a bit more time to prepare the qualifiers to ensure a great experience. What did you need to do? There's a trend. Remember last week when I talked about fucking trends? There's another trend. Lack of communication. Remember that? Remember that to when we get to the topic. Okay? So they're pushing the Charlotte Open back and the qualifier back as well. We have a balance update planned to release on the 15th, so we want to get qualification out of the way and not be disrupted by the update. Well, then why didn't you fucking have it on the actual date that it was supposed to be in the first place? Yeah, you were already clear. You were already clear. Um, yeah, you're already clear of the update, so. Uh, the, the, the big question, I think, still sitting is why? Because it's not really clear in that post and what, like I what said, was not set up. like I said, wait for the topic because it's still not fucking clear why. I'll get to chat in a second. I apologize. Give me, give me a brief second here. We all, and we want to ensure enough time for travel booking. Teams already had it in their minds when the qualifiers were going to be. They didn't technically need more time to do it. And if they did, they weren't that serious about competing about him in the first place. This should also give teams more time to finalize any roster moves. Teams were already ready to go for the dates that were supplied. They didn't need more time. 
And if they needed more time, they weren't dedicated to it anyway. For fuck's sake, I'm... Sneaky Fox, thank you for the follow. Greatly appreciated. All that talent and sneaky with the new subs that you guys both get. Woo! Thank you very much. And Zig with the gifted sub, you also get a woo! Swole Daddy says, I do think there's a probability, probably an opportunity for them to simplify it, but maybe the planning really is that complex for whatever reason. I don't fucking get it, man. I don't fucking get it. I don't get it. Yeah. And I... Here's my big deal. Here's my biggest deal. I just want an answer as to why. I'm not asking for the fucking world. I just want to know why. If you give people an, a reasonable explanation as to why, then we won't be as upset. We'll probably still be upset because I am visibly upset right now, but that's primarily because we don't know why. Still, we don't know fucking why. And Joker, we're going to talk about the roadmap right fucking now. You know, uh, you know, okay, we're not affiliated with the HCS or anything like that. Let me just say this. To those who had already signed up as a team and were ready to go for the qualifiers on the original dates that they were scheduled for, I, I apologize because that sucks. That fucking sucks. There, not everyone has... Not everyone has like a standard nine to five office job where it's a little easier than others to take time off for something like this. It's, it's just not that easy. Okay. For a lot of people out there, it is not that easy. So I'm, while I had literally nothing to do with anything that's happened, I am sorry for the things, how things were handled. We preach it. We preach it all the time on this show about positivity, about being respectful, not being a shitter, all that stuff. And I still hold true to all of those points. But man, is it fucking hard. And Tashi said in the LVT interview, as we're going to get to it later, to hold them accountable. I'm mad. It's one thing to change the dates of qualifiers. It's one thing to change dates of tournaments. It's a whole other fucking thing to not provide a reasonable explanation as to why you did that. HDS 2023 roadmap. Axios says, love you guys, new listener. Oh. Real quick, I want to catch up on something. New yeah. listener, is this going to affect the actual North Carolina major dates? No, it will not. I have an Airbnb booked and scheduled time off and what have you. Sorry if this is a dumb question. One, it's not a dumb question. Two, the answer to your question, no, it's not going to affect them. And thank you, Will, for applying in the yeah, chat. I'm so sorry I missed that. Oh, no, you're good, you're good. So sorry. HDS 2023 roadmap. I'm going to read through the article first, then I'm going to get through the shit that I have. Still not good. 
HS in 2022 was a historic year for Halo Esports, and it wouldn't have been possible without all the amazing support of fans, players, and partners alike. Thank you. We know everyone has been eagerly awaiting the release of the 2023 roadmap, and today we're excited to finally pull back the curtain. To start, it's important that we reestablish our high-level goals and philosophies about the league. It's important because it'll help fans understand how we make decisions as a league to keep the league going in a sustainable way so we can run year after year. Keyword here, ladies and gentlemen, sustainability. I tried to think of a punny way to have the title of the show be something about sustainability because of how much it's being referenced, not only within this article, but with what Tashi talks about in the interview. Couldn't think of anything because I was so upset. Our mission is to provide epic entertainment to Halo fans through the thrill of competition. We believe in cultivating and uniting communities, providing sustained content for fans around the world to watch, and creating a platform for players, teams, and partners in the ecosystem to thrive on. Also, I want to just say this here before we get too far into the show. Um, to everybody that is tuning into the live show right now, I want to personally thank you for taking the time out of your day to be here live. Um, I am just going to apologize ahead of time if I miss a lot of chat, Okay. Just throwing that out there. We have a lot of ground to cover this episode. This episode is going to be long. I forewarned Will ahead of time. Just know that because it's going to be a long one, because we have a lot of things to go through, there are things that I'm going to miss in chat. I apologize. Please keep the conversations going. Please know that I am reading as much as I can. Here we go. I will try to, while Josh is reading a lot, I will try to keep an eye on chat and respond like I did earlier. Chica, thank you so much. Clammy Hands, you're amazing. Love you as well. Uh, the Aronin and Blue Panda Cast, thank you guys for the follows. Welcome. And Outlaw, if I missed you, welcome as well. And I don't, I know I don't need to apologize, but still, I just want to let you guys know that you are appreciated. I love you guys. Thank you all. Here we go. What's up? What's from left? What's left of the Arizona, New, Australia, New Zealand region? Trust me, we're going to get there too. Program goals. These are the goals. And how we will determine the success of the program and ecosystem. Success in these areas means we can expand and grow over time. Failure in these areas means we may need to rethink our approach. Extend engagement outside of our games with players and potential players. Build a platform that players, teams, sponsors, tournament operators, and content creators can sustain successful businesses around. Build a vision and aspiration for our fans, players, and gamers to create a movement. <laughs> oh... We want to create as many one plus one equals three scenarios as possible. I want that statement to go away. I want it to go away. Not just because the math is incorrect, but because it, we'll get to it later, but it's kind of fucking stupid. Create exciting and epic moments in gaming culture and player retention, loyalty, engagement, and more in game. Format updates. Here come the fun parts. As year one of HCS was taking place and progressing, we were able to finally get real feedback and data about how the various components of the league were performing based on our goals. We thought critically about which components were having the biggest impact and which were not. And we challenged our assumptions along the way. In an effort to make improvements based on the overall format and do so in a way that's sustainable, sustainable, we've made several changes to the format and philosophy. For events... In year one, each region had its own multi-step process to get to majors, online to regionals and supers, to majors to the Halo World Championship. This was the option we had selected because, in theory, this would give each region a more meaningful path to the bigger events. 
What we found, however, was that while this was true, they impacted how many events all players could attend as a trade-off and ultimately didn't provide the maximum amount of excitement, competition, and entertainment that we saw with our majors. Instead, we want every event to be as epic as the last, and we want to give the opportunity to players to have more events overall. For 2023, then, every event will be a global event that each region will have guaranteed representation at, including, of course, the Halo World Championship. And if you are a Mexican and Australian New Zealand team, that means you get one fucking team. Congratulations, guys. Online versus LAN. Last year, we had we had, had a great deal of online competition, including weekly online events, pro series, and supers. And they each had their own weight in the format with regards to points and placement spots. Generally, our philosophy was that points meant very little in comparison not only to LAN, but also to placement to, at specific tournaments. Well, at least they fucking understand that. We think that in retrospect, the, pendul the pendulum away um, from points was swung a bit too far. And we're going to have a more balanced approach for year two where you'll see that points and thus consistency for players and teams across the season have more weight than they did in year one. Which means, like we talked about last week, points are not like whose line is it anyway anymore. It means they actually matter to an extent. Finally, while Pro Series and Supers were entertaining in their own right, they did not perform up to the level we had expected them to against our goals outside of the North American Super. Because fuck the other regions, am I right? Thus, we're moving away from them for year two again in favor of more emphasis on LAN while keeping a consistent 4v4 rotation of tournaments around for players to compete in to earn points and qualify for LAN events. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. The LANs for international folks, they're gone completely wiped off the fucking map. Woo! Bracket sizes. Here's another fucky one. In year one, we had large and in some cases like Raleigh, very large championship bracket sizes because teams actually wanted to compete. The game had just launched and wanted to push the format size as much as we could in order to mitigate the potential inconsistencies that could be possible due to online competition as well as players still acclimating to the game and meta. What we found was general stability in the scene and consistency across online and land performances, which is great. Additionally, due to the large bracket sizes, we found that there were quite a few matches that were not as competitive and thus exciting or entertaining as they could be because, yep. So far in 2023, we're slightly reducing the pool play and championship bracket slots. More details are below and in the handbook. We'll get to them. Don't worry. In order to promote competitiveness in both open and championship brackets and thus make each more exciting and interesting to follow. Without further ado, here's your fucking roadmap. Remember, ladies and gentlemen, trends. Let's remember trends. Sully's and Sean for Japan. Thank you guys for the follows. Welcome to the live show. Let's get to this shit. The Charlotte, North Carolina major is still happening. It's still the same dates. Okay. End of February. Awesome. That remains the same. Here's the rest of the format. Uh, just J dog. Thank you for the follow as well. Welcome to the live show. In between. Okay. Let me just actually get to what the next actual event is. Shall we? The gl first global invitational, which is new. It's new. New. The first global invitation will be DreamHack Dallas, Texas. June 2nd through the 4th. So guys, let's take a seat. Let's take a let's take a let's take let's sit back in our seats for a sec. Let's look at the roadmap and be like, "Wait a second, guys. Wait. Wait. Wait." 
February, let's see. Okay, March into April, April into May, May into June. March into April, April into May, May into June. One, two, three. Three months. Again! And that's not even before the next major. The next major is at the end of June. And guess where that's at? It's in Texas! The second major is the Optic Major. Yes, presented by Optic Gaming in Arlington, Texas, June 30th to July 2nd. Then we have the next Global Invitational. So once June hits, once June hits, there's consistency, right? This isn't just going to be a bashing everything episode because that's not the intent, right? There are things where I'm very, very mad about, and we'll get to that. But a silver lining, if you can call it that, is that... What's up, Scherzi? Good to see you, bud. At the beginning of June to the end of the basically season, it's it's pretty stacked up, which is in its in and of itself a good thing. Okay. But there's still a fucking three-month gap between majors. Trust me, Blue Panda, don't worry. We're getting to it. We're gonna get to it. So after the second major presented by Optic Gaming. We have the second global invitational, this time by Space Station Gaming, which probably should be a fucking hoot, um, in Salt Lake City, Utah, August 4th through the 6th. Then we have the third and final major of the year, and yeah, you guessed it, Texas, this time in Fort Worth, September 1st to the 3rd, and then we end the year off with the Halo World Championship, back at it again in Seattle, Washington, October 12th through the 15th, it's a three-day event again. Now, you may be asking yourself, you may be asking yourself, chat, listeners at home, listeners on the toilet, wherever you listen to the show, I, I love you. What is happening in that three-month gap between the first two majors of the year? What's, what's going on? Oh, oh, do I have something to tell you? Well, we got a quadrant online event from April 22nd to the 23rd. And then we have a phase online event from May 12th to the 13th. But wait, you may be asking yourself, you may be asking yourself, Oh, online events. I bet those are going to be fucking awesome. I bet those are going to be so fucking cool. They're going to be, one's going to be hosted by Quadrant. One's going to be hosted by FaZe. Man, these things are going to be popping off. They're like going to be invitational events, right? No, no, they're not. They're not going to be like invitationals. Guess what they're actually going to be, guys? Remember those fucking supers? Remember those 2K supers last year? You remember those, don't you, Will? Uh, yeah, yeah. What if I yeah. told you they're 4K supers now? What if I told you they double the amount of points that you can fucking get? But what if I also told you that they keep the same prize pools? Oh, oh boy. Let's look at that. First place will take home $1,500 in North America. EU will take home $1,125. $750 will go to Mexico and Australia and New Zealand. But guys, wait. Wait, that quadrant event is EU only. 
That Quadrant event is EU only because it's like an EU fucking super. That phase event is in North American online only because it's like a North American super. But of course that's not fucking explained in the roadmap because why would it be? Communication! So what I have typed out here, the Quadrant and Phase Online events are really just rebranded Open Series 2Ks with a bump to 4K where the number represents the amount of HCS points and not the actual monetary prize pool. The actual monetary prize pool, at least according to the rulebook as it stands today, the rulebook as it stands today, this is all subject to change. Let's preface. It's all subject to change. What's up, Prof Easy? But at least according to the rulebook as it stands today, the prize pool is the same as a normal 2K, and I already went down with the breakdown. Only the top two teams win money. Back to the fucking roadmap. Texas, Texas, Texas. One of the largest requests we've received last year was, when is HCS coming to Texas? Well, we're excited to say that we're headed to Texas for a total of three times in 2023 because literally nobody asked for that. Texas has historically been a state HCS has visited many times over the years, and we've always seen great attendance there. With our partners Optic hosting one event, as well as adding the juggernauts and complexity to the team partnership program, we felt this would be a great destination and centrally located area for more events. Neat. How about those global invitationals? Let's talk about it. In 2023, we're introducing a brand new event type and format, which will be used for two events on the roadmap. One at DreamHack Dallas and one in Salt Lake City with our partners in Space Station Gaming, which again, I believe that'll probably be a fucking awesome event. For these events, we're bringing 16 of the world's best teams to the stage to play for their share of $125,000. In terms of competitiveness, we're expecting these to be as exciting as majors and a great way to see which teams are the best in the world in that moment. Additionally, this format ensures that there are more events for all teams to gather instead of just majors and Halo World Championship, and thus increases the number of events attended from five to six total across the year. Finally, it makes it very clear to all fans in the ecosystem that this is the event that you should be following and watching as it brings it all under one roof. And yes, Daddy, I believe it was mentioned earlier that CSGO will also be that at that event at DreamHack. Thank you so much. Um, oh my God, I don't want to mispronounce the name. Give me a minute. Oh, of course it's not loading for me. I'll just say kills. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the show. Thank you for being here. The 16 qualified teams that will be broken out as follows. Ready for a trend? North America will have 10 teams. Europe will have four teams. Australia and New Zealand will have one team and Mexico will have one team. Partnered team events. 
The team partnership program has continued to expand to bring more and more opportunities to teams in effort to help them grow their business while providing great content for fans. Some of these will be smaller online tournaments where teams are broadcasting. Others will be in large in-person tournaments like with the HCS Major and Global Invitational with Optic and Space Station respectively. We see teams as a critical component to the entire ecosystem, and this is a big leap we're taking forward for the program as teams have come to us wanting to run more and more tournaments. As time goes on, our ambition to continue to expand this philosophy year over year, and we're excited, we're really excited to see where it goes. Note, and this is this is very important. For any team tournament that are a part, for any team tournaments that are part of the official HCS roadmap, the administration will not be managed by the teams, but rather by the league directly and independent from the teams. This is to avoid any conflict of interest and maintain competitive integrity. That's good. Okay. Weekly online events. As with last year, we've once again partnered with FaceIt to bring you all the online competition taking place, including, of course, this weekend Charlotte Online Open and subsequent qualifiers. Also taking place on FaceIt are the Quadrant and Phase Clan online events coming this spring, which are literally rebranded supers. This weekly online events are these weekly online events are meant to provide teams with stable and regular competition to earn points, gain tournament experience as a team, and ensure they're securing positioning for lands and travel coverage to the various events. And prizing. Each major in 2023 will feature a prize pool of $250,000 for the 4v4 and a $5,000 FFA open to all players. As always, the majors feature an open bracket where any team can show up and fight for a share of the prize. And as mentioned above, the Global Invitationals will feature a prize pool of $125,000 respectively. Finally, the Halo World Championship will once again see a $1 million prize pool as well as award the title of the best Halo team in the world. I'm not going to go through the entire schedule. You can do that on your own time. But if you want to see it, exclamation point show notes in the chat. It's all there. Where do you watch it? The primary streams are on twitch.tv forward slash Halo and youtube.com at Halo Esports HCS, which means it looks like they finally got a fucking tag. As for events with multiple streams, you'll be using HCS, HCS underscore red, and HCS underscore blue all on Twitch. And here are some of the doozies. Crowdfunding. Our desires and ambitions around crowdfunding remain strong, and going forward, we want to increase our support here and provide a more transparent way for fans to contribute to the scene they love. There will not be crowdfunding in 2023 for us to bring it back. There's some feature work in the game and web that we want to ensure is in place first before we bring crowdfunding back again in a big way. We want to make this a fully fledged feature that players and fans have a great time engaging with and supporting because simply buying shit in the game store is not enough. We'll have more details down the road on this. Epic, I don't fucking know, man. And they're grassroots partners too, so, you know. HCS can HCS. The handbook. It's available and ready for players to reference. And when I said that this everything was subject to change in the handbook, I meant it. And also, it was updated as of February 2023. So, take that for what you will. We, call it, we encourage all players to read and understand the handbook so they best know the format, how the tournament structure works and comes together, and how they can best be prepared for the competition this year. This is where you'll find all the information regarding qualification, points breakdown, code of conduct, and more. 
And here is another bad one. Free for all. FFA will still be a regular part of the HCS roadmap with an open FFA at each major with a prize pool of $5,000, as well as at the Halo World Championship with a prize pool of $25,000. But at the moment, there are no plans for weekly online FFA tournaments as we will continue to look for opportunities to include FFA into the ecosystem because fuck you. Okay. No international lands at all. That's not good. We'll get to the LVT interview stuff later in the actual topic of the show, but I want to put this here now. While I understand, while I understand from a, and we talked about this in Discord, you should join that if you haven't already. While I understand from a business perspective and from probably a goals perspective from what it sounds like in that article, the international lands didn't do as well as the North American lands. When you literally are inviting one team from Australia, New Zealand and one team from Mexico to qualify for these events in North America. You're fuck. You're gotta be out of your fucking mind. The whole point. This is, this is simply, this is simply my opinion and my emotion coming out, right? Again, if I'm looking at this with a business and analytical mind, I understand completely why they're not having lands in international spaces, especially with everything that's happened with Microsoft and 343 over the course of the last month and budgets probably being constrained. Like, I get it. I get it. And that's why sustainability is the thing that's continually talked about throughout that article and throughout the interview. It's all about sustainability. And I imagine I'm assuming that in order to remain sustainable for this year and moving forward with everything that's been happening, they had to cut that off. Prof Easy says, where's the global representation? That's my point. Where is it? Because it's gone now. Were there really only one team that was ahead of the rest in both of those regions, Australia, New Zealand, and Mexico? Yes. I'm not going to sit here and blow smoke up your ass. We all knew that. But you're not even giving the other teams a chance. That's my problem. You're not giving other players, other teams in those regions an opportunity to make the name for themselves on LAN unless they somehow pony up the money to ship them off to a major and then have an opportunity to go through open bracket. And then even then, even then, they lowered the amount of teams that are able to get through, like to get to championship bracket. It's so fucking annoying when they preach about global representation. And now uh, on the other hand, Sean for Japan, I understand your frustration being in Japan. I get it. And that fucking blows. And you're not going to like what I have to say right here. On the one hand, I understand at this point in time, not expanding to other regions. I understand at this point, not expanding to other regions, but you already had 
you were established in the four. And now from the outside looking in, it's like you're, it feels to me like you're cutting ties with realistically three of the four regions. Because guess what? EU were supposed to have a land this year. They were supposed to have a major. And we'll get to that bullshit later too. And that's the thing is that, like I said, I understand that there was really only one team that was ahead of the rest in both Australia, New Zealand, and Mexico. I'm not fighting that. I'm not fighting that. What I'm fighting is you're not even giving other players and teams an opportunity to showcase their skills at a LAN environment. Unless those organizations or those players, because they may not have an organization, pony up the money themselves to travel across, travel overseas to a North American major to try and compete. To me, it's about the opportunity. I understand there are major skill gaps between regions. No one's arguing that. To me, it's about opportunity. And as the HCS, in my opinion, you just stripped those regions of that opportunity to do so. And it fucking hurts. I've been seeing some of the Australia, New Zealand community online being like, Hey, we shouldn't be this upset because we're still, we're still having the opportunity to compete and whatnot. And I respect your guys' opinion. That's perfectly fine. But Prof Easy says it entirely opportunity inclusion and inclusion. I want you guys to be able to showcase your talents more personally. That's what I want. And with the updates to the format for reasons probably business-related, obviously, and goals-related, they're not able to do so. And it fucking sucks. It fucking, it fucking sucks. And then crowdfunding. We're going to talk about this in the interview, trust me. We'll get to it. But man, holy shit. The thing that really irritates me is like, we, we're, we're going to build something in the game and bring it back bigger and better than ever. Okay, so why not work and work on that on the side and keep crowdfunding the way it was already? From buying the skins, right? It was literally anything. You bought anything in the infinite store, it would go towards the crowdfunding pool. You buy HCS team skins, it would go towards the pool, but the teams would also get a percentage. Yeah. So why not? Why not just be like, hey, we understood the errors of our ways in taking it away for worlds, so we're not going to do that anymore. We're bringing crowdfunding is back and it's here to stay, but in, but we're also going to we're built we're working on something on the side. We're going to implement it into the game and it's going to be bigger and better than ever. But just know that all your purchases are still going towards crowdfunding for 2023. But nope. Nope. Fuck no, it's not. So you may be asking yourself, okay, okay. They provided, they semi provided a reason as to why crowdfunding was taken away because they're working on something to put in the game. Well, what is it? Guess what, guys? We don't know. And we still don't fucking know. Next news story. 
Quadrant will push for an EU LAN. This is by Jamie McLaurin, co-founder of Quadrant. He says, seen so much on socials over the last few weeks attacking the state of the HCS and Halo in general. Some of it is, is of course, justified. However, we will get nowhere by moaning and throwing hate. I can speak on behalf of Quadrant that we love the game and the community, and we want to try our best to invest as much time and energy in building something special. It's no doubt tough times for us all, but the only way out is to keep fighting for what we believe in. Looking forward to the start of the season in Charlotte and hope to see some of you there. We will also add that we will push as hard as we can to bring a Halo land event back to the eu the region deserves a tournament it's one of our key objectives over the coming months uh fresh veggies i am going to go on an assumption and say yes because that was not directly related to crowdfunding i would i would absolutely assume that yes a portion of the purchase of a team skin will still go to that organization i believe something was touched on if i remember correctly that that is still happening perfect and then Europa Halo plans for the future. This is by Europa Halo. We know European Halo needs hope right now. You know, we've always been there even during hard times over the past years. Yes, you fucking have. Don't worry. We've got cool stuff for you right around the corner. And with a bit of luck, we may even get some more. And I love the sound of that. You know what I don't love the sound of, Will? What's that? How it sounds like the grassroots uh, tournament organizers are going to be treated heading into the new year. But we'll talk about that later as well. Will, that's it for the competitive news. Roll it. What do we got next? Roster Mania! All right, yeah, we got Roster Mania, and then we'll talk about some tournaments after that before getting into our topic of the LVT Tashi interview. So let's let's do it. Um, some odd free agent announcements. Septify, formerly scrimming with Complexity, and Huss. When qualifiers and major rate around the corner. So maybe they could do with this extra time that they were given. <laughs> Fucking stupid. Go ahead. And then um, I think this was talked about in chat a little bit, but chiefs exit halo. This is by Sav, the founder of the chiefs. He says, for those wondering, yes, we have stepped away from halo. This is no reflection of the boys, but a decision we needed to make as a business. We are extremely proud of everything the boys achieved last year and getting to watch them win a chip live was special for all of us. To say we were disappointed in how the <clears throat> excuse me, disappointed in how the title was run is an understatement. There is no point diving into everything there. Plenty has been said online by pro players and organizations globally. It was heavily implied we would be successful in making a partner program given the desire to give coverage to all regions. The team won everything domestically and we put resources into making the team and title successfully. Well, marketing the team and title successfully. Sorry. We made the decision to continue supporting after this when many others did internationally. Is Good for you. It is disappointing after such a strong and amazing launch slash roadmap. That's it. Or Words that it's in the state that it is. Sorry. It's okay. If anyone looking to support, please contact Madsy and the boys. You won't be disappointed. Great people and better attitudes. I can vouch for them at some of the best ambassadors we've had under the brand Sav. I have a note here. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, this is another organization who gets pissy that they didn't get partnered and are now leaving. To say we're disappointed in how the title was run is an understatement. 
Plenty was set online by pro players and organizations globally. You're not technically wrong in that. It was heavily implied we would be successful in making a partner program. It was heavily implied. Were contracts signed? Hey, Will, I have a question for you. Is the HCS partnership program, is that a, is that like a golden goose that'll save your business, Will? It is not. Oh, it's I'm not. Sorry. Oh, it's not going to save your business. Huh. 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 Hmm. Crazy how that works. <laughs> On the one hand, on the one hand, I completely understand the whole point about communication being a fucking problem. We've talked about it countless times. On the other hand, you didn't fucking sign anything. Fuck off. Congratulations on your tournament wins. See you later. I'm just... I'm just so fucking pissed off about these posts that come out to be like, oh, the state of the game is fucking ass. Oh, we were promised we were getting to get in the partnership program, but we didn't. So we out. Oh, we, we decided to stay and we decided to support further. Good for you. You want a pat on the back? You ain't going to fucking get one. Get out of here. You fucking idiot. Jesus Christ. What's the next piece? <laughs> Berserk's team. It is Berserk slays Madzi and Sways. They say number one OCE team for years. Full funding covered for the for international events. We will be looking for an organization DM Berserk if interested. And hopefully, if they get an organization, they get one that fucking stays. Um, Tatastrophe says heavily implied deserves more elaboration. Though I'm not disagreeing with that. I am not disagreeing with that statement in the fucking slightest. And that's part of the problem. That's part of the problem. Oh, is he always on like one like this? No, no, I'm not. I'm just incredibly pissed off by the way things have been handled over the course of the past two weeks. Sure, shut up. I'm not. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> um, I am ranty today, though. I am very ranty today. Uh, when you assume it makes an ass out of you and me, that is very true. It's very, very true. And then uh, the KCP situation, fuck out of here with all that stuff, too. Fucking losers. Out of here. Yeah, you guys want some gems? Look at what Maddie's talking about. Go find some gems about KCP. Fucking Amateur hour up in here. Is that it for Roster Mania? Yes, sir. Let's, let's move on. Let's get into the upcoming tournaments of the week presented by, speaking of Matty Rums, NoobGobba.com. Check out NoobGobba.com for all your Hey Louise sports needs. Daily tournaments, Z League, and First Blood. If they're happening, you can fucking sign up or whatever. Uh, Saturday, February 11th, we have Pure Delight's Halo Infinite Doubles Tournament and the SWAT Nation SWAT and Tyne Co-Ed 2v2. That'll be a fun one. Excited yeah. for that. Yep, same. And then the Honda Fan Cup Qualifier number three. The 1v1. The 1v1. The one the 1v1s that nobody loves. <laughs> but that's it. Love the Protox sticker? Yeah, it just came in the mail. Shop going live soon, ladies and gentlemen. Shop yep. going live soon. Stay tuned to the socials. 
Yeah. <laughs> um, and then on Saturday, the 11th, and Sunday, the 12th, we have the postponed. HCS Charlotte opens for North America, EU, Australia, New Zealand, and Mexico. And then on Monday, February 13th, and Tuesday, the 14th, we have the Charlotte qualifier for North America. And then on Tuesday, the 14th, we have the Charlotte qualifier for EU, Australia, New Zealand, and Mexico. Because, yeah, fuck you. That's why. Guys, for everybody that I missed uh, that have followed the show so far, thank you so much. Just know uh, for all the subs, tools, thank you for the gifted. Um, for all the subs and the follows and everything, I promise I will get to you all at the end of the show. Don't you worry. You were all appreciated and loved equally. Although, Shirzy, I guess I love you a little bit more, but you know. <laughs> all right, should we move on to tournament league recaps? Let's do it. All right. Um, yeah, fuck you, tools. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Scrims available for all regions at Halo Data Hive. Go check out that for scrims. And Josh, you want to run through the ones that you have here? Sure. Tuesday, January 30, uh, 30 31st, Native White went up against Shopify Rebellion 11 to 5. Words are hard for me right now. Holy shit. And I have a lot more words to say later. G1 went up against Native Red. They won 8 to 2. Um, and then again, for those who don't know, for those that are new here, um, our philosophy is scrims don't matter. And if you go watch the Mickwin interview, uh, they really don't matter unless you're like a newer team that is trying to get some practice in. But, but for like the, for the established teams, they don't fucking matter. So there you go. Uh, Wednesday, February 1st, optic went up against G one. That was a six, six tie February 3rd, Friday quadrant tied Navi four to four. That'll be fun to watch them go up head to head and land. If there wasn't, oh wait. And then uh, G1 went up against Sentinels 7-4 when going to G1. Saturday, February 4th, Optic finally went up against FaZe. Of course it wasn't scrim because, I mean, streamed because why the fuck would be? Uh, Optic beat them 6-2. to two. I heard there were some disconnects and shit like that. Blah, 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 blah. Go ahead, Will. Awesome. We'll move into tournament league, re tournament and league recaps here. We'll start off with the Halo Rec League FFA series. I'm going to cut you off in just for just a second because okay. I always do this. If you want to check to catch all the scrim results, go over to halodatahive.com for all your Halo statistical needs. Will go Perfect. ahead. Um, so the semifinals for the FFA series from Halo Rec League qualified for the FFA champs is going to be it's bad to be you. No, he's not swole. Go ahead, Jag Dad, Big Dog. Hip Freddy, Benjo Stark, Shadow, The Amazing C4, and Vidar Killer. Shout out Corey for making it to the yeah. Chump Final. Very nice. Good shit. Um, next up, Honda Fan Cup qualifier number two results. In fourth place, we had the Deity Sam. Spar is in third. Second went to Invicted, and first went to Too Nice. Indeed. Also, I'm going to huh. throw this out there just real quick. Because about this Honda fan club, yeah. fan club, fan club. If you guys want a really funny conversation, go on Reddit. This, I'm not trying to flame anybody. I'm really not. I'm just, I'm heated right now. If you want a really funny conversation, go on Reddit and tools. It's part of a thread that you were replying to about somebody talking about fucking GAs in a one V one tournament. And I'm like, I was laughing. I was laughing hysterically reading that shit. I'm not going to name the person. It doesn't fucking matter. But like the fact you kept replying, I'm like, tools has to be ramming his head against the fucking wall. And uh, like, what a fucking idiot. Like, wow. 
Holy <sighs> shit. I'm telling you, if you guys want a gem, go read that. It's hilarious. I'm not linking it. Somebody else can find it. Uh, Maddie, or if any mod finds it, you can fucking whatever. I also want to give a shout out. There, um, there were some allegations that took place during this tournament. Um, like every fucking tournament. Yep. And, uh, you know, some chatters in the watch party were wanting the casters and the people running the broadcast to call out and talk about it. I thought it was handled perfectly by tools. Uh, why not everyone on the, the broadcast there, you know, that that's, that's for the people of who's running the admins of Honda fan cup to decide not something LVT should be doing. And I thought it was just handled really well by them. So props to them. There you go. And like I said, to that guy on that fucking Reddit post, Jesus fucking Christ. Ready for the topic? I think so. Okay. Need any cheat so I don't have to listen to people talk about cheating anymore? Tools. I mean, it looks like that'll fix the problem. Come on. And tools, there's already a built-in anti-cheat for infinite. Duh. <laughs> oh, God. <sighs> Topic of the show. LVT and Tashi interview recap. We're going to go through the whole thing. Will, I told you this is going to be a long one. I apologize yeah. in advance. We're going to go through the whole interview. I literally typed out what Tashi responded with. Not everything was word for word, obviously, because I'm not going to sit there and fucking do that. But here's how, here's what we do. That's a long thing to talk about. Absolutely. Hey, what, what are we here for? You know what I mean? We're an HCS podcast. We talk about shit that happens in eSport and HCS, and this is it. Crazy I typed that out. Why do you think I have papers in front of me? Here we go. The reason why I typed it out is because in here I have my thoughts that I was thinking at the time of typing it out. Okay. So like I, I saw tools, shout out to you because I fucking watched it twice. You're welcome. <laughs> Getting those views up, baby. All right. If you go into the show notes, exclamation point show notes and chat, there are timestamps for every single section of the interview. I have them all linked. You can follow along if you like. It's all there for you. The show has a budget now. Fuck you. I love you, Shirzy. If anything, the budget was everything else. The paper was just secondary. Good Lord. <laughs> um, all right. Why did the Charlotte qualifiers get moved a week? So first, we're going to start off with the roadmap. Okay, this is stuff about the roadmap. Why did the Charlotte qualifiers get moved a week? Tashi said they missed the mark lining everything up and making sure the work was completed for the original dates planned. So how was the mark mixed? How was the mark missed? How? Like, bro, I'm waiting. How the <laughs> fuck was it fit? How? How was it missed? Literally. I understand that you need to respond the way you need to respond. I understand that completely. Because... You know, there are people that have, there are people that people report to, right? Everybody has a boss. That boss has a boss. You don't want to throw the company under the bus. You don't want to say something that you don't want to say, blah, 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 blah. Right? But man, this just brings it back to what I was talking about earlier. 
if you just provided a logical explanation as to why things had to be postponed, people would still be mad, but they would more so understand. That answer doesn't help me understand. And I'm not even competing in the fucking thing. Next question. Any specific things getting in the way of announcements for the season? Uh, Tashi said, it's a multi-step process in preparing for uh, preparing a roadmap. And we understand that people wanted the roadmap sooner and with more communication, but that is good insights and learnings for the future. And we're glad that the entire roadmap is out there today. This was another runaround answer. Why wasn't the roadmap released in January as originally planned? Do you, do you think it would have been better if once things got locked in, like, you know, just say, they released the the phase quadrant and then like the first op, uh, Texas major. Like, this is what we have now. We're working on the back end and then release the other stuff still all before the season technically started, but came out with it in pieces. Is that more confusing? Could be. I, I think people are going to be mad no matter what. Um, so... They did say January, early February when they announced the roadmap. They, but Tashi repeatedly said uh, in January. On Twitter, yep. He repeatedly said in January. And I, it, again, I'm nitpicking here because it was, what, a week later? Less than that? Like, it's, it's a nitpick. Let's be real. But it's just, why didn't it release in January? Why didn't we hit that deadline? Why? 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 That's, that's all. Why were the regionals moved in favor of global invitationals? And again, back to sustainability. Well, really want to focus on the sustainability of Halo Esports. Taking a strict approach to what components of the roadmap from year one were working the best and decided to focus efforts on what would drive the biggest impact for year two on the league and the entire ecosystem. It is still important to have representation from teams all around the world, and therefore an improvement to the roadmap is that all events will have representation for every region, which was not the case in year one. You're right, Tashi. Not every major event had representation from everything. Uh, in your words, f five of them did, and now six of them do. So yeah, you added one more. And you're still only inviting one team from Australia, New Zealand, Mexico to represent their regions. Here's my rebuttal. There are no, there are now no international lands, which means there's no opportunity for those up and coming teams from those regions, the ability to compete on land for spots at the majors. This also means less overall representation of other regions within the global space that had representation in the first year of competitive infinite Mexico, EU and Australia, New Zealand. We knew not having reg uh, regional lands was going to hit those players. You don't fucking say. Our aim is sustainability. There's the key word again, guys. Sustainability. In the long term, and we do have ambitions to bring events back to those regions. Okay? So the goal to bring them back. Okay? Now, I will say, okay, and I literally typed this out. I will say, in terms of a potential positive, at least the roadmap appears to be less confusing as compared to year one with the elimination of the supers, the regionals, etc. While it's still a fucking disaster to not have international lands to showcase other talent from around the world. I'm hoping at the very least that there is less confusion as to what competitions are happening in year two. 
Okay. So what was the decision process to make the pivot from an EU major to the major hosted by Optic? Because that's right, folks. That major that's hosted by Optic was supposed to be an EU major. During planning after Worlds, the plan was to have the second major be in the EU. But with how things worked out with the Optic event, we made a pivot. We saw these opportunities coming together, and with our interest in wanting to be strict and ensuring that our events have sustainability in mind or hit our goals the hardest, we saw this as a 1 plus 1 equals 3 opportunity to combine all these factors together, which turned to the Optic major. Get rid of that fucking statement. So here's my rebuttal to that. Now knowing what that quadrant and phase events are supposed to be in being just online supers with additional point allocations, why not have the Optic Invitational in the three-month gap between the first major in DreamHack Dallas and then keep the original plan of an EU major? All the teams would be solidified after the first major. You'd have plenty of time after the off-season to understand what was happening in the space. And you're in fucking Arlington as it is. Why not? Why not? Why didn't we do that? The reason why I say why didn't we do that is because he, again, didn't provide the reason why. They made a pivot, and and credit to Tools on trying to bounce back on this. He didn't go in more detail. Tashi didn't go into more detail as to why they made that pivot. One plus one equals three opportunity. I understand that the Optic Major is going to be popping as all fuck. Like, I understand that completely. Optic is huge in North America. We understand that. Their fan bases ravage. Like, we get it. That that event is going to be huge in terms of attendance, in terms of viewers, in terms of everything. But if it was already in the fucking deck of cards to have an EU Major when we didn't have one last year, and instead you pivot to then make what was supposed to be that EU major into a fucking optic hosted one as I'm wearing optic gaming merch. Why not just have that invitational still be an invitational and put it in that three month fucking gap. When the whole point, when one of the biggest pieces of feedback that you had last year, which yes, you address after June in this new roadmap, you address it after June. But one of the biggest pieces of feedback is time in between events. And you have a three month fucking gap between the first major and even DreamHack Dallas when you were supposed to have an EU major. Yeah. I mean, Maddie does say in chat, optic major equals. $2 signs, EU major equals $6 signs or five. I need to zoom in. Again, I get but it. Yeah, I get it. It's all business. It is. And I respect that and I understand that. But if it was already in the deck of cards to have an EU major, and I respect Tashi for saying it in the interview, yeah. but you can't just say something like that and not expect to have backlash over it. Give additional context as to why. 
I think it'd be tough for them to come out and say, yeah, because of financial reasons, that's going to set a whole nother things in mo set of things in motion. You know, it's so fucking stupid. It's so fucking stupid. So how did the conversation, this just goes right back to it, right? How did the conversation of the optic invitational being turned to the optic major arise? We went down the rabbit hole with optic around different ideas to keep the event, but still try to make it a great experience. Huh? I wonder if that could still just be a fucking invitational. Decided to focus on making something great instead of something limping out the door. I don't think an invitational in the three month gap would be limping out the fucking door, but who am I? The opportunity presented itself to pivot and become the optic major and we went for it. But again, why the pivot? Next question. What is the difference between a traditional major and a major that is being hosted and themed around a partner team? So from a format perspective, it'll be the same. Due to Optic hosting the event, we are not having them run tournament administration as a conflict of interest prevention. We want to lean into what op make, makes Optic special. We want to get creative on how to work with the Optic organization to really make it feel epic like a traditional major while also having that Optic flair. A lot of details we're still figuring out, but the spirit of it is yes, the event is being operated by Optic while also with the full understanding of what makes an HCS major. What led to the major time gap between Charlotte and DreamHack slash the Optic Major when it was said that this was going to be prevented? Year one had an 11-month season and was determined to not really be sustainable for us, for the, for the players. Okay, that's understandable. 11 months, not sustainable. Okay, clear and to the point. To fix that, our intention is to start later and have an eight-month cadence going forward for the HCS and having a few months in the offseason for the players and teams to recuperate, rosters to change, and the game to be worked on further. We have a general idea of what regions and timeframes we want to be in. Started the roadmap focusing on the majors, then worked on uh, working around those. It's not entirely possible to pinpoint an exact location and exact time frame based on venue availability. We do our best with what's available, and so I don't think you're ever going to get a perfect time frame between events. Again, understandable things get in the way the team was traveling around the world for events but for the majority of the scene they thought uh, they thought there was nothing going on okay as in the hcs was traveling around the world for events um as in the regionals that were taking place but for the majority of the scene they thought there was nothing going on events in the u.s are the heartbeat of the entire ecosystem so the majority of the roadmap should be super hype in terms of being backloaded. Events in the U.S. are the heartbeat of the entire ecosystem. That's cool. The other regions matter too. Or at least they should. And no, fucking Kratos, I hope, isn't on a fucking team. It's besides the point. That was just a comment to the chat, by the way. How far in advance was Charlotte and other majors planned for the roadmap? Everything started around spring and summer 2022 with evaluating the performance of the roadmap at that point. We needed to determine what aspects of the roadmap were having the most impact while also looking at cost. We need to be as cost-effective and efficient as possible while looking at long-term, say with me, ladies and gentlemen, sustainability. Then around, Charlotte, uh, then, then around Orlando and Worlds, we sat down with Esports Engine to determine the length of the season, key cities and states we wanted to be in, and then Esports Engine will survey potential locations. 
Next up, we have land and ecosystem changes. This was a big one. What led to the decision to move open bracket to Friday only? The schedule and the format are all pulling at one another. The format, the certain amount of hours in the day that we feel comfortable for players and staff, along with venue restrictions that need to be abided by. We also want to make changes to the broadcast schedule to drive more viewers with more exciting matches. Therefore, the open bracket being changed to be one day was one of the compromises that was made in order to accommodate the event schedule. We will be boots on the ground, getting feedback from the spectators and players, getting an understanding on what the experience was like. If we feel that there is an opportunity and there's a real need to make adjustments in the future, we are absolutely open to doing that. We're trying to hit on our key goals and we'll continue to iterate and do our best. So here is my question to Tashi, and this is a genuine question that I have because this is something that's been an issue in the past as well. Something that I say on the show all the time is how we understand that they are gathering feedback from any every corner of the internet is what it feels like. Believe it or not, and yes, guys, you may not believe me, they are listening, they are watching, they are taking note of what you have to say about the HCS and about Ranked and about all that, Okay. Here's my question. Here's my ask, if you will. Could this feedback be gathered immediately after the event and then potentially be applied in the next event instead of being applied in the next season? The reason I ask that is, guys, remember those surveys that went out? Remember those surveys that went out to the players, the pro players? We talked about this a week or two ago or whatever, but why can't, why can't those surveys be sent to every player? Every player that signed up to play in the open bracket, every player that signed up to compete in the FFA, you have their registration information. You have their contact info. Why not just send them out? And then, and then act on it. I said it before and I'll say it again. If they go that route, then I understand completely that it's a massive undertaking to sift through that amount of feedback. But the fact of the matter is, these are the people that are dedicating the time and dedicating the money to show up at these events and compete. Whether it be in champ bracket, whether it be an open bracket, whether it be an FFA. Their opinions deserve to be heard. Their feedback deserves to be heard. Tools takes it a step further and says, I kind of wish they'd make those surveys public. That way we can see what pros are thinking. <laughs> One of my biggest concerns and something that has still yet to be resolved is communication. Things have gotten somewhat better but the problem that I'm having is that it always is, and everybody says it, everybody says it. It always feels like a one step forward, two step back situation. I'm not going to make the joke of a one step forward, five step back or any shit like that. It truly does. If Tashi wants to talk about one plus one equals three possibilities, I'm talking about one step forward, two, two step back all the time. It's all the time. I know that they are listening. I know that they are listening. And I love that they are listening. I truly do. I cannot make that point known more enough. 
I love how they are listening. I just wish they'd fucking talk. Gather all the feedback. Gather all the feedback right after an event has concluded. You have all of their contact info. Send them the surveys. Gather the feedback. You say, you could even say, you have a week to fill this out. While it's fresh on your mind, you have a week to fill this out. If you don't fill it out in a week, we're not going to gather your results. I know how much the pros read into shit. They don't read a lot. We already know that. Okay, jokes aside. But give them a week to fill it out. After that, take a week or two, gather the information as you see, like gather it all, sift through it. You already know a lot of the answers are going to be similar. Sift through it, come up with, with a summary of it, release the summary to know what everybody's talking about and how you plan on addressing it in the future. I'm not saying it has to be addressed in five minutes. And I know I asked in my question, could this be applied in the next event as, a, as opposed to doing it in the next season? But let's say it can't be applied in the next event. Can you at least say so? It's not fucking rocket science. All it is is communication. In a league where we are relying, guys, this is the thing that really pisses me off, and I have this as feedback later on as well. In a league where we have to rely on a pro player or an AM player finding out the date change on Faceit's website, reaching out directly to Heinz and Tashi, waiting for a reply from their personal Twitter account that isn't seen by everybody to then say, oh yeah, there is a change taking place. And then a day or two after that, the official HCS account tweets out the changes that were made to the dates. We have a fucking problem. That's a problem. What's going to be done to enable AM teams to prove themselves as only four teams moving into pools from open bracket does not seem like enough because it's not enough. We are not ignorant and it's not fallen on deaf ears. We feel the opportunity is still there and they still have a clear path into pool play in the championship bracket. We are putting a greater emphasis on the competitiveness of the tournament. Yes, there are fewer spots coming from the open bracket, but at the same time, it just requires a better performance to meet those spots. We'll review the feedback and make changes if necessary. Yo, what the fucking shit? I have to pause for a quick second. King J with the raid wow. of 117. Wow. That's a perfect number. You are amazing. <laughs> Holy shit. Thank Damn. you so much. I hope you had a phenomenal stream. Guys, yeah. everybody go sub to fucking King J, man. He's, he's, he's on the unemployment line. He needs some money. Go fucking get him a sub, please. <laughs> I can't keep throwing out gifted subs to him every five seconds. You guys got to go sub to that, man. <laughs> for the record, for the record, I'm just repeating what he says in his channel, okay? So nobody better give me shit. Yeah. It's literally what he says in his chat, okay? God damn. Jay, no, we love you. And uh, for the record... 
I joked about this before. Yes, we will have you on the show at some point in time. And yes, I don't care if you don't want to. We're talking about the Vikings. Oh, no. Oh, yeah, we are. Oh, yeah. Poggers, bro. Back to the fucking shit. <laughs> um, I'm supposed to read a comment from Brooks. Please do. Uh, What's Brooks got to say? I think this is the one. He says, maybe they'll start doing it if you were to explain to them as a one plus one equals three scenario. Oh, fuck out of here with that one plus one equals three shit. And hey, we did get Brian Flores as our defensive coordinator. Man who sues the Dolphins, come on over, baby. I mean, yeah. he sued him for good reason. Let's be real. But like, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. I, hey, he, he's a great defensive mind. I am genuinely excited about that. One plus one equals three, four, three. Okay, all fucking oh, Here we go. All right. So... What's going to be done to enable AM teams to prove themselves as only four teams are moving into pools. We already talked about that. Um, that still fucking sucks. Is there a future where the HCS brings in PCs and place the Xbox series X's within the open bracket? I, okay. When I heard Tashi's response now, okay. I want everybody to like actually think about it for themselves for a second here. How did you actually expect Tashi to reply here? Okay. Think about it for a second. How would you actually expect Tashi to reply in this? In this, Because I could collectively hear everybody just sigh. Okay? <laughs> All right. The game runs great on Series X. It's very stable. It allows for 120 FPS. And we do offer time for players to acclimate to pool play. The reason we decided to stick with consoles in the open bracket is the amount of stations and the amount of teams we are supporting consoles in the open bracket ensures we have a great competitive experience, remain on schedule and mitigate issues that may have been presented on PC. That that's a good answer. Uh, I'm going to say Arctic. I miss, I'm sorry if I mispronounced that, but thank you for the follow. Welcome to the live show. Everybody also, yeah, I just want to Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, again, everybody that's followed the stream, everybody that's subbed and everything, and King J, thank you for the raid as well. We'll get to all the follows and subs at the end of the show. I promise you, you're not being, you're, it's not falling on deaf ears, guys. I promise. You just, you just did that? I just did that. Oh, God. So, yes, the, the whole competitive groan about the game runs great on Series X, it's very stable, all that stuff. When we know that PC is the superior platform, I, I will say the second part of that answer, I do agree with. Guys, as much as we hate to admit it, we all understand that the game is so much more stable on Series X in, in, in relation to PC. Like, literally, King J, if you're still here, didn't your fucking game crash earlier today when you were playing with Snakebite? Didn't it literally crash when you were playing with him earlier? Guys, it is so much more stable on the Series X versus the PC. And from a stability standpoint, from wanting to make sure that the game runs smoother, the, the tournament runs smoother throughout, they want it to be as quick as possible with the least amount of crashes as possible. So, sorry, not sorry. I believe we made the right decision based on previous issues with PCs at events. There are always trade-offs to every decision that we make, but we still believe the Series X provides a super competitive and fair experience. That might have been the best response that we got all night so far. That, in my opinion, was the best response we've gotten that entire interview so far. 
Maybe there's an opportunity for players to move to PC at some stage during the open bracket, and that is good feedback that will be provided to the group. Nothing is planned as of now. It's good to hear, Indra. It's good to hear. Welcome to the live show, by the way. And Louis V. Titan, I saw you too, baby. What's up? Thank you for the follow. Is there a road for more direct feedback being given by the open bracket teams? Again, he says, I think we can do better here, having regular touch points with the AM community leaders. We will talk to people at and after the event. We'll have some time before the Optic Major, so there might be opportunities to make adjustments, but no promises on changes from one event to another. At least you have my word that we'll continue to improve the experience where we can. And again, this gets back to what we had mentioned previously with the opportunity of gathering survey feedback from literally anyone and everyone that signed up to compete at the event, Open, Championship, and FFA included. You have all the contact information for every registered player as it is. Take that as an opportunity to gather the feedback from those actively playing and participating in your game and competitive ecosystem. And not only that, but address the feedback as quickly as possible. Fnatic isn't fucking feeling a team. What are you talking about, Cursor? At least I don't think they are. They're not fucking partnered anymore. So while they may be... I have literally no idea, Cursive, if, they, if they're actively fielding a team, but they're definitely not partnered anymore. That's for damn sure. Why are the changes to crowdfunding taking place in year two? <laughs> We've always been passionate around crowdfunding. There's also a strong desire to bring this back within the HCS ecosystem. So I fucking take it away where we missed the mark in year one was there was no clear connection between the game and how it worked and how it ultimately went to the league. That is something that erodes the trust that fans and players have in what's going on. We want to make sure that strong connection is in the game before bringing crowdfunding back. I want to pause. To those that are here in the chat right now, I'm going to ask you a legitimate question. I'm not, I'm not trying to make this sound like an assholey move. And Will, this question goes to you as well. Okay. Has anyone in the chat, Will, have you either, has anyone complained about where the money you think is going when crowdfunding was previously in the title for year one? Yes or no? When it was in the title, we had active crowdfunding. There was no complaints. Chat. Did anybody have any confusion, confusion, confusion around where the money was going for crowdfunding when it was in the game? Jersey says, yes, it's not in my pocket. Jersey, your opinion does not matter right now. I'm seeing no's. Yeah. Trust got broken once it was known that worlds wouldn't be crowdfunded. Exactly. That's the thing. I'm seeing a lot of no's, no confusion. And again, if you had confusion, I genuinely want to know. When they announced it didn't go to worlds. Okay. That's where it is, right? That's, that's it. That, yeah. When they stopped it is when. When they stopped it. There was confusion. Why the fuck did you stop it? Um, logic says crowdfunding was for players. It was for events. So they got added to the prize pool that would then go to org slash players for prize money. Correct. Crowdfunding would go towards increasing the prize pool at majors. At events. Isn't there more confusion now? What is crowdfunding adding? There's nothing new and special this year. Because crowdfunding's gone right now. It's not even in there, Arav. And if I mispronounce your name, I apologize. It's not in the game anymore. Tools, there's a, there's a, okay. He says, I actually think crowdfunding was really confusing, but the general understanding was it went to prize pools. But we never actually knew how that money was divided. Okay, there you go. A valid statement as to 
things weren't incredibly explained well. Huh. Yeah. Things weren't communicated well. Sense a trend? We did not come out and say that the world's prize pool was going to be X amount after crowdfunding. We understand how the pros were feeling, feeling like the rug was pulled from underneath them. Because it fucking was. I addressed it to them in the player meeting at Worlds and apologized for how it was handled. Okay, that's a step in the semi-right direction of you actually addressing them at in person at the event. Still should not have fucking happened. When we do bring the program back, we will determine what will work best, either adding to the major prize pool, adding to partner team events, etc. There will be no crowdfunding in 2023 whatsoever. Purchasing anything within Infinite will not contribute to any crowdfunding in 2023 because that is how it worked before. For, for reference here, in 2022, for that full season, literally any microtransaction that you made in Infinite, anything that you purchased from the Infinite store, it did not have to be directly from the HCS store, would go towards crowdfunding. Now there's nothing. This will come back when there is a stronger connection within the game and we have some ideas on what that could look like and we want to have a really robust part of the program that does this. It's important to the studio and there are no promises on when the in-game connections are coming. If we could go back in time, we would have probably handled communication differently. Great. For us going forward, the message we got loud and clear was more transparency. The in-game connections will allow us to bring this back in a more rich experience. I have two points to add here. And again, I'm saying it all the time, but for those that are following, thank you so much. I'll get to you guys at the end of the show. I promise. Know that I'm seeing them. You're not being forgotten about. I, I really appreciate you guys being here. Here are the two points that I have on this. The one piece that I will say positively about this is that the Waypoint article for the roadmap that was released right before the interview took place was updated immediately. Okay? It was updated immediately to reflect the confusion around what was happening with crowdfunding. Okay? And now we're back to the, for lack of a better word, negative. So what does this mean exactly? What does it mean to have a stronger connection within the game? Nothing was clearly mentioned in regards to ideas on what this could look like, and it just continues to leave a lot of speculation on the table without any context as to why the change was made. Again, you're causing confusion. On the one hand, I understand that they have ideas, they have early ideas, and they probably can't speak to them because they're so early from a business perspective. But again, that brings me back to the fucking point I made earlier. Why? Why take it away and build something when you could just keep it the way it was when there was arguably not that much confusion as to what was doing with it and just work on the fucking thing on the side? And then when you come out with the thing that was happening on the side, you can be like, hey, things may have been confusing in the past. So we released this thing in game to make a better understanding of where your money for your purchases is going. And just know that this is how it's always been going. 
But no. Now they just made it even more fucking confusing. Now there's not going to be increased prize pools for anything. What a fucking shit show, man. Why the changes that were made to the travel stipends for international teams? So a common complaint was surrounding teams from Mexico and visa issues, which would impact the competitive integrity of the game. With no clear resolution to this issue, coupled with previous performances of all regions, we made adjustments to the teams getting travel stipends over others. We'll continue to look at this year over year, and if, other, and if players in other regions can get in a more stable part where they're playing at a high level and reliably getting to these events, we can see what adjustments need to be made. So in other words, that's him basically saying, get good. Right? I mean, yeah. In a nice way, he's in saying the, get the good way, yeah. to the international teams. Love it. What is the plan for adding maps and content into the HCS rotation as the season goes on? Well, this all stems from the game itself. Um, we're excited for season three with the sh uh, shroud screen equipment and how it'll be on live fire and streets specifically for the HCS. Our pace for the game will dictate the pace for the HCS for us at a high level. We want to ensure got to turn the page that we are addressing player feedback as it comes up. That's a big one. I don't think we're able to adequately do this in year one. You don't fucking say. I think it's important that we not only respond to player feedback to make the experience better for them, but also challenge the players in different ways and really testing their competitiveness. Okay. Are you applying to trademark? Yes. If you want to take the time nope. now. Go for it. I was going to let you do that if you were typing it out. Trademark. Will is going to reply to you via text chat. Don't you worry. Saw the message loud and clear. And if anybody else wants to chime into the chat and reply to him, feel free to. We're all friends here. Next up is, uh, well, I'll just say this. In terms of that statement, um, glad to hear that he knows that they missed the mark in year one again. Hopefully this is fixed in year two. And hopefully now with Tashi's, excuse me, added role and responsibilities, that things will get changed faster now that the red rack update is going to come out, the update that is supposed to be scheduled right before Charlotte, so on and so forth. Hopefully uh, player feedback is taken against. I'm fucking man. feels like I'm spinning tires over here. Speaking of that ranked in HCS settings is the next segment of the interview. Again, timestamps are included in the show notes of the show. If uh, text, type exclamation point show notes for the link, keep up. What does it mean for your uh, what does it mean for your job to be more directly involved with the infinite ranked experience? We weren't meeting the needs of our competitive players and we weren't organized in the right way to deliver on the needs of all the players. One of the changes made was adjusting my role to work more directly on the competitive side of the game experience and the ranked playlist. What you can expect is a more direct line between feedback, organization, and decision making. Will, I have a I have a comment here. Obviously, I'm going to read it after this, but this okay. is literally what we said last week. Okay? Okay. There is now a product between the ranked playlist and competitive experience, and I am the product owner, which means I'm accountable for the experience all up, including what maps and modes are being played, what weapons are on the map, addressing all the feedback the fans and the players, and working with all the teams ensuring that we are delivering on this. I think the competitive community has more of a seat at the table than prior in Halo Infinite and prior in Halo ever. That sounds great. It does. 
And that's literally what we talked about on the last show with Tashi basically in this, I mean this in in a non-derogatory way because he has much more responsibility now, but like he is kind of now the middleman between the competitive community and the ranked experience. Yeah. Because he has a direct line of communication. He's directly there in those meetings. He's going to be helping to make those decisions. Totally makes sense. Happy to hear it. Hopefully that happens. Uh, Hoots, I, I haven't even read what you said, but I already know I'm going to agree with you. I saw A and Z. I can already know I'm going to agree with you. Why is detachment in the ranked playlist? That's a great fucking question, Tools. Why is that shit in there? Why is there a difference between ranked and the HCS? Man, this is due to the HCS rotation and league having different goals than the ranked playlist. I think it is important that we are serving the needs of the ranked playlist. And again, that's not always in conjunction or agreement with the HCS goals. An example, And then an example was given around not wanting to introduce a map immediately within the competitive rotation when coming with an update to the game. But other players are looking for more content within the ranked playlist. Funny how that works with fucking Argyle. Like, I get that we have a stretch of time before the competitive season starts, but you literally introduced it into the HCS rotation without any pros playing it. And then what happens? You got your feedback that there's too many fucking bulldogs on the map, and then you made the change, and look, the map's better. But maybe if you got pros' opinions ahead of time, before the map was introduced, you wouldn't have had backlash in the first place. Just a tip. How do the competitive players in the ranked playlist make their voice heard so that changes can potentially be seen? Well, the feedback is being heard. And again, I'm this isn't Tashi, this is me. Again, I want to stress, the feedback is being heard as much as it sounds like it's not. Okay? I say it all the time. I've seen it firsthand. The feedback is being heard. We are focused on bringing more and more content within the ranked playlist. We want to address the feedback on the map experience, like what was done on Empyrean. The high diamond and onyx community overall is just one portion of the entire playlist. The ranked playlist has super high engagement. We want to keep players playing and loving the game, and we think delivering more content is critical to that. So are we going to expect to see faster changes when it comes to maps and game types and HCS experience from year one? Tashi says, in year one, we didn't meet the needs. We felt we have taken a huge chunk of the feedback out of the uh, what has been growing over the past year, and we want to continue to put our heads down and work and deliver not only what the players are complaining about, but how do we deliver new and exciting stuff that players will love. I'm not going to make promises about getting X, Y, Z every month, but we are heads down and focused. Can we see changes that only impact the HCS instead of the overall game? For example, the commando buff remains in social but goes away in the HCS. What you should see is that over time, we're probably more okay with differences between ranked and the HCS. But that statement, that statement came after an incredibly long-winded non-answer. That's why the only, that's why that's the sentence I typed out because it's the only one that actually applied to the fucking question being asked. Is there a plan to see more transparency for balance updates, changes to guns, maps, and modes, and allow for the community to test upcoming changes? In year one, you saw us gather a ton of player feedback with the intention of really getting after it, and I just think we missed the bar in making the changes. With the changes to the studio recently, we have a renewed focus on delivering exactly on the player needs. There's still a lot of more work to be done, and I'm not going to make promises. So really, another non-answer. Next up is the health of Halo Esports. Next section of the interview. 
Is oh, this is funny? Is there a plan to use the face it anti cheat in the future for HCS events? Anti cheat is very important to the studio, and using Series X's with, within the open bracket also helps mitigate cheating, which is way more accessible on PC. That you're not really doing yourself a favor talking about the anti cheat in your game right now, Tashi. We will require players to stream specific portions of tournaments this year, as we did last year. The face it integration, not the anti cheat is still being looked into, but that is currently in investigative stages with the studio focused on bigger pieces of feedback. As a clarification, the face at anti cheat is not being looked into for the integration with infinite as a studio. We have an anti cheat for infinite. We've talked about it in the past and definitely hear and understand the feedback. The studio is aware of the feedback. I can't make promises on what's happening and when. What is the future of the HCS? Well, at the end of the day, the HCS is a business, obviously, and it needs to be run in a, say it with me, sustainable way. With the changes that we've made, it sets us up better to be, say it with me, sustainable long-term. The goal is to have HCS year in, year out, but at the end of the day, it is not something we can rest on our laurels about. We are making conscious decisions to improve on the things we've done in year one and do things more cost-effectively and efficiently. And then finally, is the HCS at risk in the event of an economic downturn? And he says, I'm confident in the direction that the studio is heading in now. Basically trim the fat. That's what I'm getting at. Next up, the relaunch of the HCS grassroots. Okay. <laughs> before I even read, before I even read the question. To GT Halo, Europa Halo, SWAT Nation, and AU Halo. I am so fucking sorry. What kind of support are you expecting for these grassroots tournament organizers and the future tournament organizers into the program? I think moving forward with financial sustainability will be more so around how we can involve sponsors or even teams to link up with the tournament organizer. I think we need to get crafty in terms of how we can help the smaller TOs find sustainability. And we are open to having conversations and ideas with the grassroots TOs. The business model is not as easy of a nut to crack. Basically skirting around how grassroots TOs would earn any kind of funding from the HCS. And that was my big problem from last year. That was my big problem from Halo 5. Guys, I don't know if you remember this. I don't know if you remember this. But during the downturn of Halo 5, when official competition was no longer being a thing, and we were all waiting to see what the next big thing was going to be, We, these community tournament organizers held everything on their back. Week in, week out. They held the scene on their back. And now, at least for this year, It doesn't feel like they're getting any help to continue that trend. If they can get, if they can get sponsors, if they can help get sponsors for these community run t tournaments and whatnot, that's cool. 
if they can get like a partnered organization involved to help them and whatnot, that's cool as well. But man, I've had private, I'm not going to divulge on things that have been said privately, but I've had private conversations with the admins of these organizers and it fucking sucks, man. It fucking sucks. I say it to them every single time is that I, I feel so bad that they're not, that it, it feels like they're treated secondhand. It just, it fucking sucks. And I imagine that part of the decision has to do with no crowdfunding happening this year, which is a fucking nightmare. Like that is one of the, I'll just come out and say it. I think the removal of crowdfunding is one of the dumbest decisions I've ever seen. I know I'm heated, but like, man. So again, to the grassroots TOs out there, like to the, to the grassroots content creators that are out there, keep killing it. You all, you all are doing an incredible job. Keep it up. Love it to the grassroots TOs. I love everything you guys are doing obviously as well. I just wish you guys were treated better. That's all. I really fucking wish you guys were treated better. I'll tell you one thing, a, a tweet, a tweet about your event is great. Like from the HCS account brings a, a, a few more eyes to the situation. Love that. Love that idea. But come on, man. Come on. That's it. They literally held the scene together through the downturn of one of the worst downturns that we've had in competitive Halo. I know Halo 4 was fucking rough. I know Halo 4 was fucking rough. But at the end of Halo 5, there was nothing happening, man. Uh, and for the record, I think Will just went to the bathroom. Okay. Agent Pew Pew, I don't think so. I think as long as they talk to the HCS, they could probably get something going, to be honest with you. And then we have the HCS Partnership Program. I think this is the last, yeah, this is the last section of the interview. What's happening with the Partnership Program? Teams were on a one-year contract, and the HCS were not very strict on requirements for a partnered team. We've seen the feedback around what makes a partnered team, considering what some teams did over others. <laughs> for year two, we raised the floor for what it means to be a partnered organization within the HCS. There's a transparent blog post. I'd love to know how transparent this is going to be. Mickren, thank you for the follow. And again, to everybody that's followed, everybody that's stopped and everything, we'll get to see at the end of the show as well. There's a transparent blog post coming out technically this week by the time we're recording the show with information surrounding the partnership program. On a high level, teams need to have financial stability in the league and be able to see revenue year in, year out so they can continue their investment. In other words, if you ain't got money, get the fuck out. Teams are also on a one-year contract for season two. What are the different things these organizations can... Uh, so 
then like also like what are the different things these organizations can do to cultivate and grow a fan base and how can the HCS provide monetization opportunities for these organizations? These things have been injected into the agreement. Those two types of questions. Teams will be required to hold some kind of tournament, whether it be online, LAN, 4v4, 2v2, 1v1, streamer events, whatever. In return, teams have free reign in terms of sponsorships and how they monetize off the broadcast. Like the Quadrant and Phase Online events, they have full reign over the sponsorship aspect. Well, you already know what kind of fucking events those are anyway. They're just online supers rebranded. Yay! All the HTS requires is that they're investing in the ecosystem and fostering the fan base. The, uh... There are other components as well, including merch, in-game skins, etc. There are four skin bundles instead of three, along with the Worlds bundle this year. So should we expect additional partnered organization online events being added during the roadmap throughout the year? He says you might. The teams have freedom from a format perspective, so they can reach out to the HDS to see if something can be done. The HDS is not putting a restriction on what the teams can do. Are booths more of a requirement for teams at LANs? There is a requirement around booths, but it is more focused around fan engagement. We don't think it's fair to demand Quadrant and Navi to pay multiple times more in order to meet the booth requirement. Instead, we are allowing teams to come to the table with other experience ideas, either digital or in person. Thank God. Paladin says, I still feel like they did KCP dirty. No. Personally, no. KCP handled it like children when they were rejected. What advice can you give to the organizations looking to enter the partnership program? Organizations need to ask themselves, what value can I bring to Halo fans and what value can I bring to the Halo ecosystem versus what can Halo do for me? Currently, we're in a wait-and-see approach regarding opening applications once again for the partnership program. When the applications do open again, it's going to be a fight and you are going to have to beat out the other teams. It's going to be like UFC up in this bitch. <laughs> and again, and Tashi even fucking said it. These are his words. The partnership program is not a silver bullet meant to fix all your problems and make your business 10 times more profitable. Paladin, it wasn't, it wasn't really explained in this episode. Um, I forget which episode it was. But there's an episode previously where we went in depth about the KCP situation and them not getting partnered and basically shitting on their response video that they put out. Be like, oh, fucking woe is me. Look what we did to the scene. Where? So that was the interview. That was the interview, ladies and gentlemen. I have a couple things here in terms of, uh, well, really one thing here in terms of a question that was not asked that I wish was, and this is no fault to tools or anything like that. But I do want to say quickly, um, just thoughts around the interview in general. Production around the interview was fantastic as always. You wouldn't expect anything less from LVT. They did a great job. Congratulations to you guys and thank you for doing it. Yes, agreed. Tools asked some great questions, uh, but in my opinion, there just wasn't enough follow-up or, pres or pressing for additional information. There was in some instances, not in others that I already hit on here of what I wanted more information about. Again, it's not a dig. It's just an observation. And again, I this is why before the interview took place, ladies and gentlemen, before the interview took place, when LVT announced that it was happening, I put out a tweet that said, 
I want everyone to be respectful. You're not going to get all the answers that you want. You're not going to get all the clarifications that you want. Because like I said, Tashi has a job to do. He works for a major corporation. He has a boss to um, report to. That boss has a boss to report to. I'm mad about things that have happened, about things that were not said in enough detail, about responses that we did get. I am mad. I'm mad about the crowdfunding being cut. I'm mad about the non-international lands taking place. I'm mad about the phase and, and quadrant onlines being fucking glorified supers that really don't mean anything except the points mean a little bit more now. I am mad. But at the same time, you can't expect to be told everything. And that's why we take the opportunity on the platform that we have here to go through that shit. Okay? The last piece of feedback that I have is a slight negative towards the interview is the moderation and chat again. This was the thing that was, this was my only piece of criticism from the last interview that took place between LVT and Tashi. And while things were better, it felt as though things didn't happen until Lottie said something in the chat. When Lottie said that there needs to be moderation. So all I ask, and again, this is just, just an observation. All I ask for the future, all I ask for the future is that if this is going to happen again, which it is going to happen again, please just the mods that are there moderate from the get-go. Tashi is taking time out of his, and I know, I know people can clip the shit out of this show today. I know people can and be like, well, you're talking shit about him, blah, 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 blah. I haven't seen anything here yet that people are being assholes about things that are happening. Okay. And Will, I know you've been keeping up on chat and I expect you to block, mute, whatever, timeout people as such. Okay. I am asking the chat to be reasonable. That's not an excuse. They knew the chat was going to be a shit show. That's not an excuse. That's my problem. That's the problem. You have somebody from the company coming on to talk about things that are happening within the community, giving responses that he can give, not giving responses that he can't. He's a human being. Human beings make mistakes. He's not the person that answers every single question. He's not the person that makes every single decision. He has people to report to. All I ask for the future is that the chat is moderated more frequently. That's it. It's not a difficult thing to do. You have mods, utilize them. The interview was great because it was. I love and appreciate everything that LVT and the entire crew does for this scene. I consider them friends. But I give criticism where criticism is due. I give feedback where feedback is due. It's the one criticism I had last time. It remains the one criticism I have this time. While moderation was more, it happened more, I feel like it didn't really start happening until Lottie, of all people, had to come in and say something. That's not okay. Okay. 
Agent Pew Pew, thank you for the clarification. I agree with you. What did Kratos do? Fuck, we're not talking about Kratos. Um, go ahead. <clears throat> I'm sorry. I'll make the same point I made to you earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, after the Lottie comment, I, I noticed a couple of the moderators there were that were there talking in chat, and I asked them, are, are you timing out or banning people because I'm not seeing messages deleted on my end? And, and they were like, we're doing both. So if moderation was happening, um, maybe it just wasn't being shown in chat as much because usually you see so-and-so was banned for this time, messages deleted, whatnot. But that also sets the, if the message is not deleted, other people are still seeing those messages and contributing to the, the chat problem. So I don't know if, I don't know exactly what happened for moderation at that point. Cursive, he doesn't deserve the time, if I'm being honest. And this is not that that comment that I just made was in no relation to LVT. They deserve all the time, <laughs> but that individual does not deserve the time. Um, yeah. Th- again, all I ask is that the feedback that I am providing, take with it what you will. Like I said, you guys do incredible work, not shitting on the work being done. I just hope that next time this happens, because it's going to happen again, that chat is moderated from the get go, from the get go. So the two questions that I had that weren't uh, that weren't technically asked, and again, no shade being thrown to uh, tools because he asked a lot of phenomenal questions. What's going to be done around communication outside official outlets and the updating of official documentation? I say this as somebody who writes documentation as a job, so this hits more home for me. Uh, yes, Zaid, to answer your question. So an example of something that needs to be addressed are Tashi and Hines replying to tweets around the confusion presented within the original Waypoint article surrounding Charlotte qualifiers, including format, times, etc., and then taking literal days for the Waypoint article to be updated with the same information. The Waypoint article should be the source of truth and therefore should be updated immediately following incoming information updates from lead sources. Okay? Something to commend is the HCS Roadmap Waypoint article being updated within hours related to the confusion around the pausing of crowdfunding during 2023. This needs to be the norm going forward. Another suggestion would be the creation of a Dev Insights Twitter account like Bungie has created for their team, but this would be dedicated to the HCS team of 343. This would offer a singular source of truth for providing feedback directly to the HCS team, along with the HCS team providing updates directly related to the HCS, instead of the use of personal accounts, which only make things more difficult on gathering the updates that are out there in other replies. Like I said, you know it's a problem Because the community managers aren't directly related to the HCS Topher. If I was to answer the question, that's that's the answer that I would give you. Also welcome. But that's that's my problem, right? I I commend Bungie. I, it took them a long time. Okay, this literally happened like very recently, where Bungie came out and made a uh, a Twitter account directly associated with dev updates. So why can't the HCS, I understand they're a small team. I understand they're a very small team, but why can't we do something like that similar to what Bungie's doing, but it directly related to the HCS. You have a single funnel where information can go to. You have a direct funnel where information can go to. And 
you have a direct funnel of where information can come out of. You have a source of truth. The fact, like I said earlier, when the Charlotte qualifier dates got changed and the only way was found out was, was I think Envor was the first person to tweet it was a screenshot of Faceit's website with the dates being changed with an at Tashi at Heinz. Hey, is this right? No reply. Snakebite on his stream. Didn't see Envor's tweet or I don't know, whatever, but decided to tweet it himself. Now we're getting more eyes on it. Oh, now we're going to make a statement about it. But where's the statement come from? Oh, Tashi's account. What if I don't follow Tashi? What if I don't have notifications turned on for Tashi's tweets? For Tashi's tantalizing tweets? How am I going to get that information? Oh, the official HDS Twitter account. Oh, but that happened. Oh, that happened days later. Oh. Well, now I'm really scrambling for time. Now I'm really mad. Oh, the Waypoint article? Oh, that finally got updated. Oh, okay. It shouldn't be this hard. That's why I'm trying to offer suggestions here. At the very least, at the very least, Please, and I'll I'll tell Tashi, I'll tell Heinz, I'll tell them this face-to-face at Charlotte. Please have a singular source of truth for the information to be within. There should always be a single source of truth that I, as a, as a spectator, I, as somebody who does this show, uh, Snakebite as a pro player, anybody should be able to go onto Waypoint find that article and have the most up-to-date information at a moment's glance. That should be the bare minimum. So when Tashi replies to somebody with, Hey, what we talked about earlier in the show, his reply being, Hey, we're sorry we had to do this, but think like what, blah, 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 blah. Here's what happened. It didn't, didn't even say what happened, but here's what we're doing. We're postponing it a, like a week. As soon as that tweet comes out, hell, it should have been before that. Before that tweet went out, the Waypoint article should have been updated immediately and the official HCS account should have tweeted it out immediately with the updated link to the Waypoint article. That's what it should have been. It should not have been Tashi going out of his way to reply to somebody with that information. Things should have been updated. It should have went out via official channels. There's that. Would Tashi have still gotten backlash about it? Sure. And that fucking sucks and that shouldn't happen either. Whatever. I mean, criticism is valid. Shitting on somebody is not. So provide your criticism, but it should have gone out via official channels and it should have gone out via updated documentation immediately. But it didn't. And in that interview, he talks about what we need to do better on communicating. We need to do better on transparency. You could have literally started there. I talk about trends all the time on the show. Another trend is lack of transparency, lack of official communications. That needs to change. I know we are a very niche thing. 
The competitive Halo community is a very niche thing. I get that. But if you're trying to run an official league, which you are, and I don't envy you in the slightest for the work that you have to do, for the work that the teams have to do, at the bare minimum, we should have updated documentation and a singular source of truth. It can't be that fucking hard. And then the other question that I had that wasn't technically asked was considering that both ranked and HCS have different goals was, or is there ever a plan to introduce a separate HCS playlist? And I'm guaranteed the answer would be, we don't want to separate population further, but he would say it in a PR way, but just any type of response regarding that. Tashi, you come out and say, and I appreciate the response that you say that the goals between the goals don't necessarily align between the HCS and the ranked playlist. They are two separate things. They are two separate goals. And if that's the case, then why not? You know. That's, that's all I got. <laughs> um, Tay says, I feel like it's important to say, if you do what you're saying with one source of truth, et cetera, it's less work in the long run for them, less putting out fires, et cetera. It's better for both sides. Thank you. I agree. I agree completely. So there is the LVT and Tashi interview. Yeah. Fully recapped for your enjoyment for more or less. <laughs> yeah, to be, um, I really don't have anything to add to what you said. You've hit all the points. Thanks, Laughing Sam. I don't know what else I could say in this moment to uh, add to it because I, I agree. I think, you know, I do think Tashi's in an incredibly difficult spot. Absolutely. And there's probably stuff he can and can't say coming coming through the vine. And Love you, Louie. Please know that. Yes. The feedback comes from the heart. Only from the heart. And um, I don't know. We all just want it to be better, right? We want this thing to thrive because we love it so much. So We talked about the 1v1 briefly. Love you two tools. Everybody on that team, you guys do phenomenal work. Seriously. <sighs> Guess what, Will? What's that? The fun doesn't stop yet. Oh. Let's get into the regular news. Oh. Thanks, Logan. Appreciate you, bud. Daddy says I'm zero for three giving you guys compliments. That's okay. Don't worry about it. Uh... Cannon fodder, Didax domain. Uh, the next fracture event. Um, it's called Firewall. For Fracture Firewall in Season 3, we're expanding the scope of the event to encompass narrative threads that are more firmly rooted into the Halo canon that you know and love. Can't fucking wait to hear this. Much more. Even with just that sentence, there's undoubtedly much for you all to dig into and infer. <laughs> okay. 
And rest assured, you can expect to see us expand upon the narrative aspect and implications of Firewall explored in a four-part series of story shards when season three begins to unfold in Halo Infinite. Yay, more blog posts! Paul Bertone leaves 343. This is by Hidden Xperia and Gene Park. Hidden Xperia says, Bungie legend Paul Bertone, who came back to Halo last year as technical design director, has now left 343. I feel like lately the universe has begun carrying out coordinated strikes on that last remaining points of hope I had for Halo. And Gene Park, editor of the Washington Post, replied and said, if there really is no campaign expansion plan, that's a kill shot for me. This sours my view on Infinite's campaign retroactively. For me, I'm glad the story finally made it to Zeta Halo. My biggest disappointment with Infinite is that it only hints at Zeta's importance and one would expect that would be expanded upon in an expansion. You're right. It would have been. I guess not. Very unfortunate. Definitely a downer for me. I thought there was going to be more. They set it up perfectly. Whatever. And here is the Bloomberg article by Jason Schreier. My Microsoft studio behind Halo franchise is all but starting from scratch. Microsoft Corp says it's going to keep making new games in the popular Halo franchise. It's surprised 343 Industry Studios, despite rumors to the contrary. But after a leadership overhaul, mass layoffs, and a host of big changes, the outfit is all but starting from scratch. The Redmond, Washington-based 343 Industries released its latest game, Halo Infinite, in December 2021 to widespread critical acclaim. It was seen as a redemption story for a title that suffered multiple delays, endless development problems, and a merry-go-round of creative leads. But in the months that followed, fans turned against the game, complaining about a thin roadmap and the slow rollout of features that had been expected on day one. At the same time, 343 was seemingly losing staff by the week and went through a major leadership change last fall that led some employees to brace for a reorganization. The axe fell in mid-January when Microsoft announced mass layoffs and 343 Industries was hit hard. While Microsoft declined to provide specific figures, at least 95 people at the company have lost their jobs, according to a spreadsheet of effective employees reviewed by Bloomberg. The list named uh, dozens of veterans, including top directors and contractors, upon which the studio heavily relies. Those temporary employees were given just a few days warning before their contracts came to an end, according to people familiar with the process, asking not to be identified because they weren't authorized to speak publicly. The cuts led to rumors that 343 would farm out development of the Halo series to other game companies. Matt Booty, head of Microsoft's Xbox Game Studios, said in an interview that 343 will continue as the internal developer for Halo and as the home of Halo. Internally, Booty has reassured 343 staff that even as they work with outside partners and outsourcing houses, they will remain in charge. Questions remain, however, about the false uh, about the fate of the Halo franchise as the studio has hollowed out and making big changes to how it develops games. Chief among them is a pivot to a new gaming engine, the suite of tools and technology used to make video games. The studio's own engine, known publicly as Slipspace, has been one of the biggest points of contention over the past two decades. Based largely on old code from the 90s and early 2000s, it's buggy and difficult to use and has been the source of headaches for some developers on Halo Infinite, people familiar with the development said. Several multiplayer modes that are nearly finished, such as Extraction and Assault, both popular in previous Halo games, have yet to be released in part because of issues involving the engine, they said. At several points over the past decade, management of 343 debated switching to Epic Games, Inc., uh, Epic Games Inc.'s popular Unreal Engine, but it wasn't until late last year when previous studio head Bonnie Ross and engine lead David Berger departed and Pierre Heinz took over that the firm finally decided to pivot to Unreal. This switch will start with a new game codenamed Tatanka, according to people familiar with the plans. 
That project, with three, which 343 is developing alongside the Austin, Texas-based game studio Certain Affinity, started off as a battle royale but may evolve in different directions, the people said. Future games in the series will also explore using the Unreal Engine, which may make development easier, although internal skeptics are worried that the Switch may have a negative impact on the way Halo games feel to play. A Microsoft spokesman declined to comment on issues with the engine or on the company's plans to pivot to Unreal. Since Halo Infinite was released, fans had assumed that in addition to new multiplayer modes, 343 was working on new content for the story. But that wasn't the case, according to people familiar with the situation. Developers were making prototypes in the Unreal Engine and pitching ideas for new Halo games rather than working on new missions for Halo Infinite. Many of those developers were laid off this month, and the company isn't actively working on new, uh, new story content, the people said. A Microsoft spokesperson, again, declined to comment. In the eyes of some observers and former 343 employees, the reorganization was a long time coming. The studio, which was founded in 2007 to inherit Halo after Microsoft parted ways with the original developer Bungie, has struggled through many challenges, including the release of several polarizing games. Patrick Wren, a former 343 designer, said on Twitter that the job cuts in the state of Halo franchise overall all the result of, quote, incompetent leadership up top, end quote, during Halo Infinite's development that led to a, quote, massive stress on, on those working hard to make Halo the best it can be, end quote. Microsoft once promised that Halo Infinite would be the start of the next 10 years of Halo, but its recent moves point to a shorter-term vision. In an email to staff following the layoffs, Heinz wrote that the current plan for 343 is to support a robust live offering for Halo Infinite and its Forge-level creator, creator and greenlighting our new tech stack for future Halo games, while also bringing Halo to more players through more platforms than ever before. Yay. Justin, no, it was not. It was later determined that it was not built from the ground up, and I thought they were lying out of their fucking asses. It's built on old fucking code. That's it for the regular news. Uh, S185 says six years development for a half-finished game with bugs and crashes still happening. For the record, and I know this is going to sound like the biggest cop-out fucking thing I could possibly say. I do not envy and I do not blame those that are working on the game. I don't. From the sounds of what everyone has said that are outside of the studio now, it sounds like they did everything they possibly could to deliver something that was amazing. But it sounds like up top, sounds like they fucked with everything. The Aronin says the game should have been delayed another year. And you know what? As much as it fucking killed me that they delayed it the first time, I agree. I agree. I'm still worried, though. If they did delay it a year, yeah, it feels like a lot of the problems were found by the community when it came out. Or or they were known about and they still put they had to put it out. Yeah. yeah. Because I'm telling you, and as we learned, they it was heavily being pushed to release it with the release of the box. Yes. Because Will, what do they want to do? Sell the box. They want to sell the fucking box. That's an old reference. Um so it was it was heavily pushed to release it with the release of the console. 
And when Joe came in, I think it was when Joe came in and heavily pushed back that they couldn't do it. It would be a fucking disaster. My words, not his. That he was able to convince them to push it back another year. But like even that, like just think about that for a second. If Joe wasn't able to convince upper management and leadership to be able to postpone it, think about how bad that would have fucking been. Oh, man. And I know what we got today. I know what we have today still isn't what we were hoping for, right? Still not what we were expecting. Still not what we were, in a word, promised in a sense of split-screen co-op. I get that. But, man, when you really put things into perspective, and I'm not trying to, like, say, oh, the game's so great right now because it's not. You know, it's not. But, man, what it could have been. You're a butte diligent. Thank you. Love you, man. Um, have a great one snag. Thanks for tuning in as always. Appreciate you. Man. Oh man. Anything you want to add? Will? (laughs) No, I'm good. I need a drink. You're hitting it all. You're hitting it all. Go back and watch the original E3 trailer and you see this game was never meant, was never what it was meant to be. There's a lot of things I could rewatch. There's a lot of things I could rewatch and be like, oh, look what we could have had. Ooh. Fuck it. Live in the present. Oh. Do we already do the soundbite? You know, I don't know. That's it for the regular news. Again, I guess. Yeah, sure. Oh, thanks, Swole. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, Cybercondo Games, watch! Boston Major 2 results. I was wrong. I predicted that... Nut indeed, Wardog. I predicted that the Minnesota Rocker... We're going to get one and done. Yeah. And they didn't. After their online play, I agreed with that. So they 3-2'd the subliners in winners round one, and they 3-0'd Optic. And then we lost 3-2 to FaZe. Very close series. In the winter final. And then we lost 3-0 to Thieves, who were on a monumental loser's racket run. Nothing was stopping those fuckers, that's for sure. Nah. So... Yeah, I think uh, Afro really stepped up. Yeah, he did. Um, He was left in a lot of shitty situations at times we talked about before the show started. Um, But, I mean, they were were on fire until those two matches on Saturday? Sunday? Sunday. Sunday. Gosh. Two days ago. It's a blur. Yep. That's what happens. Yep. I think there is a home series this year, Tools. They, mm, mm. Yeah, th- there's not a major, but like apparently we're hosting two things. Yeah. Like one in uh, Madison, Wisconsin, and the other in uh, St. Paul, Minnesota, I think. And I don't know if like they're, I don't know if they're watch parties or not. I'm really confused. I genuinely have no idea. They They do a really weird job at marketing their team. 
So the game five loss for FaZe was kind of heartbreaking too. And look what happened. FaZe went to go win the whole fucking thing. Who would have thought? Actually, not me. I did not think that. Uh, reason being is because I thought, I, I honest to God thought Thieves 3-1 Optic. Optic won game one. Um, and then they proceeded to just dominate in the next three games. Um, and when they 3-0'd us, I knew we were losing, but like when they 3-0'd, I knew we were losing at that point. Okay. When we, when we lost to them 3-0 in the loser final, I, I immediately thought they're, they're winning this tournament. Like I thought they were, they were too warmed up. They were ready to fucking go. They were going to hand it to phase in the final. I truly thought that. And then that didn't happen. And yeah, their pregame intro is pretty cool. It was pretty cool. What's your favorite COD? COD 4 or Modern Warfare 2? The originals. COD 4 or Modern Warfare 2? The, the originals, not the remakes. Think Simp MVP well-deserved? I could care less who won the MVP of that event, to be honest with you. Good for, who, good for him if he did. Cool. I will say, if, if Thieves would have won, Draza would have gotten it. Yeah. Got to visit the Great Lakes State. Land of a thousand. Yeah, we're the land of a thousand lakes. Land of 10,000 lakes, aren't we? 10,000. It's 10,000, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, land of 10,000 lakes. Well, there's actually over like 11,000, but. Is FaZe favored to win worlds? Are we talking about Halo or COD? If we're talking about Halo, wait for our too early to tell preseason predictions episode, which is next week. I don't know about favored because we haven't seen them play on land yet. But their roster's scary, obviously. Technically, Optic would be favored because they won last year. But, like, they are, you know, they're really good. They're really good. Takes off Optic hoodie, puts Face hoodie on. I do have two of them ready to go. I support all the teams that are in the league. Try to. Top three quadrant face. Get the fuck out of here, tools. Go, man. Jesus Christ. Okay. All right. Um, so, yeah, congratulations to FaZe for winning. I didn't see it happening, especially with uh, the Thieves running on their loser's bracket run that they were on. Um, I thought that they were literally just playing with house money at that point. It really felt like it. Uh, and f- to put things into perspective here, guys, Thieves lost to optic in winners round one, three to two. They lost to optic three to two in winners round one. Then they went to three Oh mutineers, three Oh, the subliners, three Oh, the ultra three, one optic three Oh us and lose to phase in the grand final four to two. And I think the stat was they didn't drop a single S and D all tournament. Is that true? Or like, uh, or, um, was it fit? Was it fate? Who? Someone didn't drop an S and D or something like that. I don't know. Maybe I'm. Maybe I'm fucking off my rocker. I think that might have been phase. Maybe I'm off my rocker. Will ah. Josh is like uh, Rob Lowe with his NFL hat. This is an NFL hat. This is our hat. Josh supports everyone in the Halo except KCP and Kratos. Well, KCP aren't in it anymore. 
And duh. It's a fucking given. Come on. If you knew the things that we knew, I'll say that. Your hat looks like Adidas from far away. It's our logo shrunken down. Look, the logo is not real. Woo. Shoop. Didn't know it was the Pro Talk hat? Hell yeah. Shop coming soon, baby. Really want to see a strong run from Sentinels this season. They had potential uh, when they were doing scrims with Optic, considering that they're a new team. I'm hopeful. I will be tools. Yes, I will be a Charlotte. Um, I'm hopeful for the new Sentinels roster. I think Charlotte will be a big tell for what they're going to be able to do in the future. Bring you a hat. What size? Um, what's like a flex fit? Yeah. What size flex fit are you? Small, medium, medium, large. Sentinel seems weaker than the last roster. That's obvious on paper. On paper. Definitely seems like it, but I'm going to hold all. We'll have our, I'm literally naming next week's episode, the too early to tell preseason predictions episode. Um, because that's what we're going to do all of our speculation next week. Now that we got all this hot shit out of the way. Um, and yeah, glad to be living in Texas. All the attorneys, oh, Jesus Christ, diligent. I'm happy for you. I'm happy you get to go to every Texas event. Oh my God. We'll see how Sentinels do. I think, like I said, I think Charlotte's going to be a big tell. It'll be, it'll be big. It'll be really big to see where teams are at as we start this season. Players have had a full year of infinite under their belt at this point. Yes, there's new rosters, but the skill's always been there. This will be a big, a big tell. A big tell. Tools, then you wouldn't want to come here in the summer. I can tell you that much right now. If you don't like humidity, do not come to Minnesota in the summer. It's fucking brutal. Definitely can be. But I love it. I love it. Lethal will play well. I expect him to. I expect every player to play well. It's just how the bracket's going to turn out. That's really, you know, we'll see what happens. Oh, at least we get more cold days. I fucking hate the cold here, man. Space ghost. I hate it. I hate the cold in Minnesota. I've lived here my entire life. I know people will say, well, just move. Because at least we get every season. I do love getting every season, regardless of how long or short some of them are. But I really, I'm a freeze baby. I was even born, I was born in December and I fucking hate the cold. I don't like the snow. People are fucking stupid when it comes to driving in it. You know what I mean? That's all. He's got Spartan and King Nick, both hella solid. You're right. You're right. They do. And they have the up and comer collect. Like they have the skills to pay the bills. The question is whether or not it will gel. That is the big question. That's what I'm worried about. That's the literal only thing that I'm worried about. They're all professionals. They will play and act professionally is what I would assume. It's just whether or not they gel. 
If Lethal wins a land this year, he's the undisputed goat, to be honest. He's he's already up there, but it's gonna be exciting. It's gonna be exciting to see. That's it for Connor Games Watch, even though we were talking about fucking Halo stuff. Yeah, Halo stuff anyway. Right back on it. Space Ghost, thank you for the primer. You get a woo! Thank you so much. This means it's time for Will, what'd you play last week? I'll start with Madden 22 because it's available on Games Pass. I was like, I want to do a fantasy draft with a franchise. Hell yeah. And uh, I picked a few players and I'm like, I kind of don't want to do the offensive line, defensive line stuff. So I just simmed it. And uh, I I only play offense because I just want to blow through it. I don't want to p- deal with the defense stuff. But yeah, played some Madden 22. Currently five and one with my team, uh, putting up a lot better performance than I did in our uh, Patreon video. For those who have seen that, uh, and then I I played a lot of Halo Infinite this weekend. Um, teamed up with a member of the community. His tag is a fine guy, and just ran some ranked and went pretty damn well. So it was a good time. Hell yeah! And that's all I played. What about you, Josh? I played some Halo Infinite as well. Uh, for the community played it. That was basically it because then we watched the interview that took place um i played some god of war ragnarok and i finished it so that's done and dusted and then i played some high on life and that game is not very good i played for like an hour and i swear a lot like i swear a lot that game is not very fun interesting so I'm glad I tried it. It's a, yeah, it's on, it's the Rick and Morty thing. Yeah. It's uh, it's on game pass. You can try it out if you want to. Uh, some people are liking it. I'm not one of them. Just my opinion. If you enjoy it, that's awesome. It's not just that tools. The gameplay is not it either. It's just, it's not it. What were you going to say? That's fair. Okay. That's all I played. Let's get to some shout outs. Shout out to everyone who joined in the community playdate and who stayed uh, to watch the LVT and Tashi interview. That was greatly appreciated. Hope you guys had a good time. And uh, don't worry, we will do... So community playdates are typically happen every week, uh, every Friday, 8 p.m. Central um, to 10 p.m. Central. If you want to get in on that, join the Discord. If you haven't already, exclamation point Discord and chat. And uh, this one will be more traditional, so don't worry. Um... Shout to everyone who followed and subbed during the live show. Here we go. Good luck. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Like I said, the internet keeps cutting in and out on this laptop, so this is going to be fucky, to say the least. But uh, let's get it. Um, Y'all going to push the time next week because of the tournament? Oh, God. Are we going to push the time to make room for them pushing the time? That's a genuine good question. That's a great question. We'll take a look and see. Hey, but no promises right now. (laughs) Okay. Jokes aside. I like to watch you tools. Thank you, sir. Uh, Axios, OG, Heavy Hustle, Genetics, uh, Co, Yeti, All That Talent, Overgrown, Sneaky Fox, Outlaw, Blue Panda, The Ronin, 
Uh, it's Sully's, Sean for Japan, Just J-Dog, The Excels, Lords BR, Prophecy, Lemmy Clem, Shady Blur, Sniffed Kills, Sheets, uh, Javixer, Huncho, Rip Knives, Velshu, Secluded, uh, I Rain Time, Tatastrophe, Captain, Smitty Boy Tellem, Dami Nader, uh, Z Second, Oh God, Topher with the gifted subs, Jesus Christ. Uh, Beble, O'Neill Ford, Thunders, uh, Edges in MP, Atreus Legend, Dracopally, Volks, Robert, FF up, FF up. Or I would say F up, F up. Jukes, Absent, Ghost Gamer, Guxity, Tap and Bruise, Bracket, Demon, Meza, Fremmy, Space Ghost, Maz, uh, Arctic, N7 Indra, White Sedge, Louis V. Titan, It's Crash, Cursive, Deceased, Simply Amplex, Wimpy, Mando, Crispin, Live Kid Show, Hyperspace, Wins, and Swag, oh God, Swagata, wait, Swaga, Swaga Catalicious. Or Swag a Catlicious. All right. Thank you all for the follows. Thank you. Thank you. Greatly appreciated. Anyone tuning in right now is confused. Hey, I'm not starting over. Fuck off. <laughs> but seriously, thank you all for the follows. It's great, greatly, greatly, greatly appreciated. Um, and then for the subs, we had Ziggler with the eight-month resub. Do-do-do-do-do-do-do. Night Fox with the eight-month resub. Fox with the five-month resub. Do, 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 do. All that talent with the uh, three-month resub. Sneaky Fox with the sub. Ziggler with the gifted sub. Overgrown with the sub. Tools with the gifted sub. King J with the raid. Space Ghost with the primer. Topher with the five gifted. And Azure and White Ice. Thank you guys for the follows. And for the subs, you all get a woo! Woo! We did it. The laptop held up. They made it. We got there. Wow. We did it. <sighs> I oh hold on. It needs to it needs to hold up for one more fucking second. It needs to hold up for one more fucking second. Almost there. We're almost there. Come on. Load one more page. Hey. Good shit. All right, we're there. Um da, 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 da. give me one second, please. I'm sorry for delaying shit further. Shout out to everyone who's a patron at the semi-pro and higher tiers. That includes Nergly, Justin, Jordan, uh, Heavy Rainfall, aka Davy Wavy, Dart, um, and Carnage. Thank you all so very much for the extra support over at Patreon. If you want to know more about that, Will will pimp that out later on within the show exclamation point patreon in the chat if you want more content and to support us further and then happy belated birthday to talik you want to know something funny for those who don't know every time i see talik's name and this isn't like i'm not trying to be an asshole it's just something it's just my stupid brain okay Okay. Every time I see Tolik and I hear his name said in a broadcast, I always think of Tolik. Tolik, huh? Yeah, Tolik. That's all I think. That's what I'm thinking, you know? My brain's stupid. Shit happens. All right. 
Diablo, we don't have clout. I appreciate you, though. Thank you very much. Walk in there and kick your feet up on the boss's desk. Yo. Uh, B-Dog uh, B and Holmes, thank you very much for the follow. Welcome to the live show. Classic cowlick, towlick. That's another thing I always thought about, too, was cowlick. It, it just, you know, it makes... There's Martin. What's up, Martin? Topher says, how many subs to see a towlick? Literally none. Not because it's not happening. Sorry. Uh, diligent with the primer three month, you get a woo. Thank you so much. Greatly appreciated. Uh, just saw the roadmap and the SSG invitational is 30 minutes away from me. Let's have and go. Hey, good for you, man. Good for you. Salt Lake city, Utah is getting an event and he will be there. You just put that in all our heads, bro. That's kind of the point. See, now you're going to be thinking about that. You're going to be watching a broadcast this year. And you're going to hear Talek on the broadcast. And we're like, those motherfuckers. <laughs> Fucking Tolik. Cowlick. Yes. DMX Goomba, thank you for the follow. Greatly right appreciate the end it. Here. Me waiting for a Midwest Halo event. Fucking we all are, man. Oh, yeah. Tool said something about wanting one in Chicago. I want one in Minnesota, motherfucker! The armory worked perfectly for that fucking COD event. You could literally do the same thing. Yeah, it was good. Come on! <sighs> Unfucking believable. Or is Kansas City not Midwest? I would consider Kansas City Midwest. Yeah, enough. But like, I'm talking upper Midwest. You know, I'm talking upper Midwest. Just like fucking here. Just bring it here. It's not hard. We have an event. I mean, I say it's not hard. Like there's not logistics, yeah. planning, budgets, you know, none of that exists. It's not fucking hard. It's incredibly fucking difficult. God. Like, I'll plan that shit. All right. Community creations. Halo memes every day. Reddit.com forward slash r forward slash Halo memes. Check them out if you want to or don't. It's fine too. And like I said, if <laughs> just because I'm in a giving mood, because I said it earlier and I'll say it again. If you guys want to laugh, go to the competitive Halo subreddit where somebody asked about GAs not being applied to the 1v1 Honda Fan Cup tournament. Oh, it's a fun time. That's a fun time. That's a community creation if I've ever fucking seen one. Sheesh. I'm 31, by the way. And then I spent 10 years learning VFX to make this Halo film by Corridor Crew. It's really fucking cool. And if you want to see something more like it, then make your voice known. Check it out. Will. Yeah. I'm going to see who's streaming right now. If you wouldn't do me a favor and plug the fucking show. Of course. We have a Patreon now. Patreon.com slash HCS Pro Talk. We do some extra content over there. Pro Talk plays uh, off the ranch or off the ranch, off oh. the rails show. <laughs> off we, the ranch. Off the ranch. You know, um, where we talk about other things that are not Halo related. Um, last 
show was our top movie cards. Next up is our top five games of all time. So yes, our personal top five games of all time. Tools to answer your question real quick. Uh, if it just privately, um, I could probably make that work. Um, so yeah, if you're interested in extra content from us, check us out over on Patreon. You can follow us and listen on all your favorite podcast services. Just search for HGS Pro Talk. We're on iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, Spotify, and Josh's favorite Pocket Cast. Not, not an, an ad. ad. Uh, leave us a review. Let others know about the show. You can join the Discord, join the community discussion. Link is provided in the Google Doc. Well, they're just exclamation point show notes in chat. Mm-hmm. Uh, link tree on Twitter or exclamation point Discord in chat as well. Uh, we have our Twitter. Basically, main source of communication goes out there. Uh, follow us on twitter.com slash hdsprotalk. We have an Instagram and Facebook as well. Not used as much, but we're working on it, right? Uh, YouTube.com slash hdsprotalk. All old VODs, interview series, all there. Go check that out. Remember to like and subscribe. Uh, if you want to watch us live, we're on twitch.tv slash hdsprotalk. Mondays at 7 p.m. Central Time. If you're here, you know that already. You do. We have a TikTok. Uh, put two video ups like a year ago, and that's been about it. Uh <laughs> More things to come, maybe. And then go to hsbrotalk.com, but it'll actually lead you to the wonderful people over at Podcast Evolved and their site, EvolvedHalo.com. Your home for Halo. Make sure to check them out. They have great shows such as Podcast Evolved, Mission Debrief, Halo TV Plus, Built with Blocks, Book Clubs, Halo Headlines, and Halo Gear Guide. And then they, we have our own little spot on their site now, which is amazing. We do. Appreciate it very much. Separates the interview episodes from the main episodes. It's really fucking cool. Go check yeah. it out. Go check it out. Evolved. Uh, Jungle Tactics. Thank you for the follow as well. Sorry if I missed that earlier. All right. That's all I got. Josh, what do we got on the next episode? For real this time, it's going to be our too early to tell preseason predictions episode. I'm super excited. There will finally be a qualifier under the belt. Um, Teams should be more solidified, especially heading into the Charlotte event. Voodoo Man says, wait, what are we waiting for? Yo, Mark with the eight-month resub. You get a woo! Thank you very much. Appreciate (laughs) you, man. Appreciate you. Um, So, yeah, we'll finally give our actual predictions. You guys won't want to miss it. We'll we'll obviously be wrong because our predictions are always wrong. But we've never done a preseason predictions thing before. So we're going to, now that the roadmap is finally out for better or worse, uh, well, and the team should be solidified. Pending any roster changes, pending any roster changes, and tools with the joke. I'm glad you guys waited until next week. Give it times for teams to solidify their teams. Thanks. Like I said, it was it was all planned. We had it planned, and then they fucked it up. So our plan changed too. Aaron Rose, thank you for the follow. Welcome to the live show, or what the end of it. I mean, but thank you regardless. But yeah, you guys won't want to miss next week. We'll talk about preseason uh, shenanigans and uh, we'll have our predictions for every event of the new year. It's going to be a good time. Um, Who are we sending them to? I'm going to give you the option, Will. Oh, I get to pick. Pro player or grassroots partner that plays on mouse and keyboard? Oh, that's tough. It is tough. I'm letting you pick. I'm not saying who the pro player is either. I'm not saying who either of them are. Should we uh, flip a coin? We can flip a coin. Go ahead. You do it right. because my internet. Be I'm going to do it with this. Heads, tails. Oh, God. Okay. It's not weighted properly, but you do. You know you. what? It's, it's good enough. It's going to flip through the air. We're going to make it happen. The top uh, of this is with the, with the, with the obviously heads. Okay. So heads is pro player. Ted's is, uh, tails is mouse and keyboard player. Yes. Go. 
That's not going to count. I'm I mean, you could have flipped it. You could have. Oh, wow. yeah, you're kidding me. There we go. All right, pro player pro it is. Pro player it is. We'll go, uh, we'll go raid Falcated. Um, ladies and gentlemen, oh, Infamous, thank you as well for the follow. Welcome to the live show. Guys, for those that tuned in for the very first time, uh, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to check to check out the show. Um, this week was definitely a very heated, very emotional show um, because of everything that has happened, everything that has transpired, all the information that has come out. Um, I know we share all, a lot of us share a lot of the same sentiment, um, but again, Give criticism where criticism is due. Provide feedback respectfully as much as you possibly can. And I know you guys could take clips from the show and be like, well, you shit on everything anyway. Please be as respectable, respectful as possible. Know that there are real humans behind the scenes that are working on the thing that we love and the thing that we love to hate. I know things aren't in the state that we want it. I know that the roadmap is not necessarily what we wanted. I know that the answers that we got in that in the interview weren't the answers that we necessarily wanted. I know that there's no international fucking land events. I know crowdfunding is no longer a fucking thing. It's all awful. But the fact of the matter is, this is going to sound so fucking stupid, but the fact of the matter is there's still a season to be played. There are still pros playing this game. There's still a scene to follow and there's still folks to talk about it with. And there are still people that care and love about it, that work on it every single day. Thank you guys for being here. We'll be back next week to talk about our pre or too early to tell preseason predictions for the entire year. We're going to go raid Falcated. Have a great night, everyone. But until next week.